appearance of a large void. An investigation's now being carried out to see if there actually is a sinkhole underneath. Buses have been diverted while that work takes place and it's expected to take at least four days. Last month, a whole street in Hemel Hempstead had to be evacuated after a sinkhole appeared in a cul-de-sac. A man has been charged with an arson attack on a mosque in Bletchley on Saturday. 30-year-old Ryan Bevington from North Street in the town will appear in court this morning. No one was hurt in the blaze at the mosque in Manor Road. A search is continuing for the Malaysia Airlines plane which disappeared two days ago with more than 200 people on board. Investigators say they still haven't found any debris from the plane. Commander William Marks is from the US 7th Fleet which is taking part in the search. When you take into account currents, wind, sea state, it's now growing to hundreds of kilometres. And in addition, we are now looking at the western side of Malaysia, which is an area around the Strait of Malacca. So now there's two areas we're looking in. People in Wheathampstead whose children have failed to secure a place at any of their four chosen secondary schools have criticised Hertfordshire County Council for not solving the problem sooner. One in five children in the village have been affected this year. This woman's daughter hasn't got into any of the schools she wanted to go to. This happens every year and every year there are children that have to go to school the next day with the disappointment of not knowing which school they're going to. In sport, England beat Wales in the Six Nations at Twickenham to keep their hopes of winning the title alive. England, Ireland and France are level on points going into the final round of matches next weekend. The weather today will be dry but cloudier than yesterday. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The village itself is quite ancient. The original settlement here was 2,000 years ago. Inviting everyone to where you live. It's a historic, vibrant village community. So it's a great place to live. All this week, we're featuring Wheat Hampstead. Great for small children if you've got a young family. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Come on now. Steady as she goes. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Monday. Wasn't the weekend fan dabby dozy? Yeah, yeah. Let me have a little look at my computer, see what we've got coming up on the show today. It's all a surprise, I don't know, I've not looked. I mean, I've been looking at it all weekend, I'm really excited. Right, lots coming up, including three questions. Is it your right to end your days at home, even if the council's paying? Should your child get into the nearest school, even if it's oversubscribed? And will Bedford's new bus station start to smell of wee-wee, even if it's brand new? That one doesn't make sense. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, please. 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And I want... 
I want to ask a question of the gentleman. Okay, this is a question for the gentleman, not for the ladies. You're excluded from this question. Okay. Ladies. And it sounds like it's an, a mucky question. It's not a mucky question. I want to know, gentlemen, what parts of your body you've shaved. No, above the waist. I'll tell you why. At the weekend, I shaved my ears. Which bit? The lobes and the insides. Ooh. Yeah, I know. What? I mean, I'd seen the front, but I hadn't seen that you had... Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you getting, like, the odd stray or, well, or a... Or a the, it was, whiskers? It was fluffy, fluffy earlobes and, and whiskers out of the ears. Downy fluff, or are we talking black? It was downy fluff. OK, well, you've now invited... Oh. Uh, ..the black fluff to come in. Oh. I'm afraid. Isn't mm. that right, Kelly? I don't think that's a question for just the men. Oh, do women shave other parts of their body yeah. as well? Yeah, some do. What some do you do when you see a woman with a beard? Which laugh. you do. No, you can't laugh. I mean, Not Sophie, laugh. I mean, Sophie's in the room with you now. She can't hear us, don't worry. We can say what we like. Thanks for the delicious coffee. Thanks, Sophie. Should we play a song? <laughs> well, bless you. Oh, wait, it's, it's that kind of crazy morning where we're just <laughs> sneezing on air while listening bless to you. Tina Turner. Bonkers. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Body shaving, please. Yes, I know it's Monday. Let's start the week as we mean to continue. She don't care, does she, Taylor Turner? And why should she? Why should she care? 
Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555, his telephone number. Now, a Hertfordshire man is fighting for the chance to spend what's left of his life in his own home. Glenn Phillips from Bushy has motor neurone disease and after a recent fall has been receiving round-the-clock care. The trouble is, the emergency funding that's paying for it runs out on Wednesday and the County Council says it can't afford to subsidise it long-term. And that's something that terrifies Glenn Phillips. Throughout all of this process, I've been very, very stressed and concerned about what's going to happen. So I am really, genuinely very worried about what is going to happen on Wednesday night. And that must be, to put it mildly, you know, awful for you because, you know, you rely on that 24 hours of care. You need that 24 hours of care to stay in your own home and have that over your head that you don't know what's going to happen next. It must just be terrible. Well, one of the main problems is it's really hard to cope with having a terminal illness. I have to constantly think about dying, and that is really hard. So not to know what is happening with my care is even more stressful. Well, that was our reporter, Matt Lockwood, speaking to Glenn Phillips. Now, we wouldn't have spotted this story if it hadn't been for the excellent Watford Observer and the work of its health correspondent, Adam Binney. Adam joins me on the line now. Morning, Adam. Thank you very much for that plug. That was very nice. Oh, no, listen, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cracking paper. We're big fans of local papers here on this show. And also, it's an incredible story, isn't it? How did you get in touch with Glenn? How did you first make contact with him? Um, we first met Glenn um, sort of Christmas. Uh, of last year, I think it, it was the it was the peace hospice um, in Watford really that should take the credit. Um, they, they got in contact with us and said that he was um, he was looking for a, a, a box at Spurs, um, a, a sort of like a, a almost like a, a dying wish. Um, so we, we received a, a, a sort of a profile from him and put it in the paper, and it, it just it just went from there really. We had um, I think in the first week we had about sort of fifty emails coming in saying from people saying that they wanted to. Uh, give Glenn a, a box at Spurs and, and give him a chance to see his football team, and we've, we've been in contact ever since. Obviously, motor neurons is a, a degenerative disease. Have you have you noticed Glenn's conditioning worsening? Um, it's difficult to say, to be honest. I mean, from the, the first time I met him, he was he was already sort of quite progressed. Mm. Um, so he, he was already he was already quite um, quite ill, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, over the weeks, it, it, it has become sort of quite noticeable that he's finding it quite hard to get up when we, we come around to see him. Um, I've been around this house sort of t- two or three times now, um, and it is, it is getting more and more difficult to sort of sit him up in, in his chair, yeah. So explain exactly what the situation is now, Adam. What's changed in terms of his care and, and, and what's being provided? Well, as far as I understand, he had a fall um, about three weeks ago. Um, he fell over backwards and, and sort of banged his head. Um, and he's on the ground for quite a long time waiting um, for his carer to come um, and see him. And, and from that point, he sort of said, well, I thought I needed 24-hour care before, and, and now I definitely do. Um, he asked the council, uh, and they told him that they couldn't afford it, and they, they were going to put him in a, in a nursing home. Um, if you if you go around and see Glenn, he's got a, a really cool um, place in Bushy where he lives. He's got all his records with it, uh, sort of around him, and, and all, his, all his films and all his things that he sort of likes to keep around him. Mm. Um, so he was quite nervous of that. Um, so he sort of said, "Well, I really don't want to go into a nursing home. Can you sort me out some care here?" Um, and that's when they set up this emergency fund that, that he's in now. And then when it comes to, to March the twelfth, I think. Um, there's something in place to, to potentially put him on the NHS care pathway, but it, it's all sort of up in the air still. Um, and obviously, that, I think that's causing quite a lot of stress. So th- there is a chance 
that he might get the care he requires and, and, and might be able to stay in his own home. Yeah, I mean, that's what he was saying, but the, the, the issue is uh, that, that he's got is he's saying that that is then going to be funded by the NHS, mm. and saying that, you know, I don't need nursing care, I need social care. Um, it's, it's not a case that I need to be to put through the NHS, that the, the county council should, should be providing it for me. And he, he, he doesn't want to go in a home at all, does he? No, no, no. I, I've, had, um, I've had him say that. I've had uh, a couple of his friends actually emailed in and said, look, can you do anything about this? Um, he really doesn't want to go to a nursing home. Um, and I can kind of understand that. I mean, he's, he's, he's a relatively young man. He's, he's not a, um, you know, the, the sort of age that you would um, that you would go to a nursing home. You see, I'm not 93. I don't want to go to a nursing mm. home and, and, and not have my stuff around. I guess, let me play devil's advocate for a second. Uh, uh, my mum had to move into a, 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 a care home at the age of about 60, 59, 60, I guess, and she, she didn't particularly want to. And it was because the council refused to um, provide more care. And I guess there is a limit, isn't there, on how much they can spend on one individual in terms of, in terms of care? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as sort of as cold as it is, I know the council has to look at these things from a, a financial perspective, but what Glenn said to me was that um, I think going to a care home was going to cost uh, about £700 a week more than it would to just to give him the 24-hour care that he oh. wants. So it, it doesn't seem like a, a huge amount of money. Um, you know, and I, I do understand that there is a, a sort of a financial... Uh, constraint on these things, but it, it just seems it's such a, a small figure to, to give him sort of what he wants. Adam, I, I really appreciate your time and thanks for coming on and, and sharing the story with us this morning. That's all right, thanks for taking interest. Thank you very much. as Adam Binney from the Watford Observer. He's the health correspondent. It's a cracking newspaper and, uh, as I said, on this show we are big fans of the local newspapers. I know some of them are a little bit snooty towards the BBC, but I don't quite understand why. We do like a good local newspaper, so if there's a story in there, if you work on one of the local newspapers and you think there's a story we should be looking at, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. We did ask Hearts County Council uh, to come on for an interview this morning. They issued us with a statement which says we've met with Mr Phillips to discuss his needs and desires to stay at home. Uh, we have increased the hours of his home care package and provided an emergency night sitting service. We are committed to caring for residents in a way which ensures they have control and choice over how their needs are met. Very simple question. Should Mr Phillips, should Glenn be allowed to stay at home to live out his last days at the expense of the council? 08459 455 555 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio Good morning. We have ongoing closures still after problems with flooding. In Hemel Hempstead, Longcroft Lane is closed between the Flounder Lane and Chipperfield Road for emergency repairs. And on the speed sensors in Luton, the A505 looking a little busy, but moving towards the centre of town just from the M1. On public transport, the Piccadilly Line have trains not running at the moment between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane after a signal failure. Good service on the rest of the line, though. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. You're all right, Alice. I'm OK. I've got a bit of a, bit of a cold, yeah. a bit of sniffles. Yeah, I was going to say, you sound a little bit chesty, a little bit bunged up. I'm sorry. Well, no, <laughs> I, oh, hey, listen, don't apologise. I would never chastise someone for, for being poorly, at least not on air. I'd do that in a strong, strongly worded email afterwards. Is there, any, <laughs> is there anything we can do to help you, Alice? No, every, the, just your voice is cheering me up already. Sounded sarcastic, but we'll go with it. Thank you. <laughs> 
6.16. It's uh, Monday the 10th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man with motor neurone disease from Bushy has been told the council can't afford to pay for round-the-clock care in his own home. A road has been closed near Watford Railway Station because of fears there's a sinkhole underneath. And a man has been charged with an arson attack on a mosque in Bletchley. The weather today, dry but cloudier than yesterday. 08459 455555. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Like a sound you hear that lingers in your ear, but you can't forget from sundown to sun. Isn't it? 
songs like that, they're a bit messy. They're a bit messy. You can, you can. Oh, sorry. What, what, what happened there? I don't know. Did you press? Something? No, I didn't touch anything. Just stopped. She had enough. She, she got offended by my talk. But you can hear the, the kind of the needles in the recording studio going into the red. And they're like, yeah, whatever. I love that song so much. It's a good song, isn't it? Did she ever do... Who's that? Mark, what's Marlena that? Shaw. Did she ever do anything else? We must investigate. We, we, we must investigate. And by investigate, we mean... Kelly, could you go onto Wikipedia and have a look for us, please? Yep. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now the big tour is back and it's bigger than ever. It's the same size. Same size as it ever was. And this week we're focusing on... Where are we focusing on? Wheatamstead. Hertfordshire. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. We can make it sound a little bit better than that. Right. Sorry, go, go, right. Where are we focusing on? Wheatamstead. Hang on, I can make it sound even better. Hang oh, on. Oh, she was attractive. Of course she was. All right, hang on. We, we've moved on. We'll, we'll do that later, Kelly. We're on to the, the big tour now. I'm just going to try and get... Uh, Wheatamstead. <laughs> We're not pirate radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on a second. I'm just trying to find... I want to get a nice fanfare. Here we go. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this week on the big tour, we are focusing on... Wheatamstead. Sorry, I... Kelly, you've fallen down the hole. Quick, Catherine, help her out. Wheatamstead. No, uh, this is really... In New York. I'm trying to... He's in Hertfordshire. (laughs) And a lot of her music was used in television commercials. Oh, for goodness sakes. Right, can we just focus on this, please? Now, I've lost the fanfare. We'll do the fanfare again. No, it's a big thing, the big tour for us. I want to make sure that we, we, we do treat it with the respect it deserves, which in many her ways... Her uncle was a jazz trumpet player. Oh, for goodness sakes. Hang on, hang on. Oh, I've lost the fanfare. I'm Hang not on. sure of anyone. Oh, that's not it. Uh, oh, right, got it. Right. Do it again. This week, well, ladies, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the BBC Three Counties Big Tour. It's back, and it's bad. By bad, we mean good. And this week, we're focusing on... Wheatamstead! Where parents have children whose children have failed to secure a place at any of their four chosen secondary schools have been telling us they've been let down by the county council. One in five children in the village have been affected this year and locals say the problem is nothing new. Well, this mum explained the situation to our reporter, Tara Gungafall! This happens every year in Wheathampstead. Every year. And it doesn't matter how much we say to you know, the, the powers that be. This happens every year, and every year there are children that have to sc- go to school the next day with the disappointment of not knowing where, which school they're going to. And what does your daughter think of the decision? She's in pieces. She's absolutely gutted. She has uh, a family member that lived in Kempton, and two years ago he was allocated a school in Luton, and he didn't receive a school place until the November of that academic year. And she is absolutely terrified that that is going to happen to her. And it had a huge impact on that child because he missed out on all the, the things that you get when you start at, start at school, you know, all the bonding with all the new classmates. And she's terrified that that's going to happen to her. What's the point? You might, they might as well just play pin tail on the donkey, 
and close their eyes, blindfold, wherever the pin lands, send the kids to school. What's the point of, point of giving them a choice when they don't get any of the schools that they choose? If you could have a meeting with the Head of uh, Education at Hertfordshire County Council right now, what would you say to them? Oh, I couldn't say that on radio. <laughs> that, would, uh, that would upset a lot of people, especially people with delicate ears. Well, that was uh, our reporter, Tara Gungful, there, speaking about the uh, situation in Wheat Hampstead. 08459 455 555. Um, Maff in Hanslope says, Ian, talking about men shaving and then playing nutbush is brilliant. No, there was no parallel there. We, I, this morning, I want to find out... I think it's mainly going to be a men thing, but where have you shaved that isn't your face? So maybe we could send you out to approach um, hairy men. I had my hair cut at the weekend. Only one person noticed it at work. The other people got a right royal rollicking. Uh, And yes, I had a little bit of back shavage. Vanessa kind of pulled my shirt down a bit and (laughs) scraped some of it off. And I scraped my ears with my razors. Where have you shaved, please, fellas? 08459 455 555. Here's Paul Simon. He's a very hairy midget. Problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. She said it's really not my habit to intrude. Furthermore, I hope my meaning won't be lost or misconstrued But I'll repeat myself At the risk of being crude There must be 50 ways to leave your lover 50 ways to leave your lover You just slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, stand You don't need to be coy, Roy Just get yourself free Hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key And get yourself free Ooh, slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, stand You don't need to be coy, Roy You just listen to me Hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key And get yourself free She said, it grieves me so to see you in such pain I wish there was something I could do to make you smile again I said, I appreciate that And would you please explain about the 50 ways She said, why don't we both just sleep on it tonight And I believe in the morning you begin to see the light And then she kissed me I realized you probably was right There must be 50 ways to leave your lover 50 ways to leave your lover You just slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, stand You don't need to be coy, Roy Just get yourself free Or you hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, Lee I'm writing a review 
Catherine, of a hotel I stayed. I stayed in a hotel in Birmingham. Oh, yes. I like Birmingham. I like Birmingham a lot. And it was it was fantastic Friday because the weather was amazing. Oh, man, it was great. And But it was really hard to book a hotel uh, because Crufts was on. Mm-hmm. So all of the hotels were really expensive books. I booked in a, in a hotel. It was disgusting. And I'm writing a, a review online of it. My, I'm entitling the review, Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. And I've, I'm writing the review. I've, I've done the first complaint. And then I've, I've, only, I've got limited letters. It says you've only got 15 characters left. So I just, I've had to, I've had to, <laughs> this is my review. This really is a very poor hotel. Filthy hallways, potty-mouthed residents swearing at reception and windows that would not lock. That kind of sums up about... That doesn't... I've not even got time to mention the woman who I woke up at half past one thinking I could hear a woman being violently attacked. Let's just say she wasn't being attacked. She was actually enjoying herself, the dirty so-and-so. She wanted everyone else to know about Oh, it. at a hotel at half past one in the morning. You keep your mouth shut. You keep quiet if you're having a bit of that going on. It was awful. I was a little bit jealous. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise things heavy already between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On the speed sensors in Bedford, the Bromham Road is slow at the Ashburnham Road just heading towards the station. And on public transport, Piccadilly Line have trains not running between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane after a signal failure. And that's also affecting the Metropolitan Line, where there are minor delays between Uxbridge and Harrow-on-the-Hill. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Six, I'm Liak. Knew the headlines. A man from Hertfordshire is fighting to spend what's left of the rest of his life in his own home. 48-year-old Glenn Phillips from Bushy has motor neurone disease. The council says it can't afford to pay round-the-clock care. A road has been closed near Watford Station because of fears it may collapse because of a sinkhole. Investigation work is expected to take place on St John's Road for at least four days. And a man has been charged with an arson attack on a mosque in Bletchley on Saturday. 30-year-old Ryan Bevington from North Street in the town will appear in court this morning. The weather today will be dry but cloudier than yesterday. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England beat Wales in the Six Nations at Twickenham to keep their hopes of winning the title alive. England, Ireland and France are level on points going into the final round of matches next weekend. Head coach Stuart Lancaster says his team were fearless. Yeah, we just didn't keep the hold of the ball well enough today and just too many turnovers, so that, that was disappointing. We got hammered at the scrum time in terms of the, the penalties against us, so that, that, that wasn't great from our point of view. But we hung in the game, you know, 2015 and a half time, took a couple of opportunities in, in the second half, you know, we could have turned the game around, but... Uh, we weren't able to do that. FA Cup holders Wigan are through to the semi-final of the FA Cup after another shock win over Manchester City and Hull City are through to the semi-final for the first time since 1930 after a 3-0 win against Sunderland. The MK Dons will sign midfielder Mark Randall today. The former Arsenal youngster had a loan spell at Stadium MK four years ago and is a free agent after a period playing in Italy. Manager Carl Robinson is pleased to have him on board. He's got a very, very small contract 
to prove himself. That might be off the pitch, it might be off the bench, it might be starting, it might be in the training ground. But if given opportunity, another opportunity in his life, we've done that to Ryan Hall. We keep doing it, we keep giving these people opportunities. It's only then up to them. Because very rarely do you get two chances in any walk of life, and, these, and he is now given, being given a second chance. Very few get the first. But to get two, count yourself as being lucky. Luton Town are now 15 points ahead of Cambridge at the top of the conference. The sides play each other tomorrow night. And in cricket, England skipper Stuart Broad will miss the remaining two 2020 matches in the Caribbean. He suffered a damaged knee as his side went down by 27 runs to the West Indies in the opening game. That's BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More at seven o'clock. Catherine. Still going, aren't you? No, it turns out I can write more. Hang on, 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 hang on. Oh, nuts. There we go. Forget it, we missed a moment. Shall we play a song? Come back. I'll read out the review I'm writing of this hotel. I'm getting quite wordy now. And then we can do the papers? Yeah, once you've got it out of your system. Yeah, okay. Here we go. This is a song. This is a song, isn't it? Mahia Devona.
going away. And now in the urinal section. No matter how excited I try to sound, my voice always sounds boring. That's just my voice. Hell, miss. All right, Ian, I like you. Shaka like a boom boom. Get to be so famous. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I finished writing the uh, the complaint. Would you like to hear it? Excellent. Yes. Uh, this hotel that I stayed in. Uh, the title of your review. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Your review. This really is a very poor hotel. Filthy hallways, potty-mouthed residents swearing at reception and windows that would not lock. When I checked in, the staff were unaware that I'd paid a five pound deposit online and tried to make me pay the full rate. What five pounds? Whilst I was discussing this, a woman holding a baby was effing and blinding that someone had been smoking in her room. The layout of the hotel was very confusing and the hallway of the first floor was disgusting, filthy and poorly decorated. My room... Well, you're criticising the architecture, the layout. It was, yeah, I am. It was ridiculous. Because it was like four hotels joined up in a row. Right. So, anyway. My room was situated either uh, near either a wedding or a reggae club. Carry on. Either way, the fat bass lines were not conducive to sleep. Are you spelling that with a PH? Yes. Good. Neither was the fact I could not lock the windows. I spent an uncomfortable evening worrying that Shakadima suppliers or some other ne'er-do-well <laughs> was climbing and murder me. Or worse. I think we know what that would be. <gasps> what are they doing to that woman? Well, this is it. <laughs> when, I... <laughs> when I did manage to drift off, I was awoken at 1.30 by what sounded like a lady being attacked some way down the hall. <laughs> she was quite a distance away, but it soon became clear she was not being attacked, but actually involved in lovemaking. <laughs> it went on for ages and she was far too noisy. <laughs> what was the manager supposed to do about that? Just not let mucky people like that in. <laughs> there, there were the usual loads of there were the usual load of drunks banging on doors at all hours of the night. Oh it was a thoroughly depressing experience, a new low for me, and one that made me question what I want from life. It did. Why it did? That's why the place was jumping. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It made me question the, the whole the premise of my life and whether the the low point I'd reached. I, I, I fear that may that review may say more about you than it does about the hotel. Well, I've I've uh, service terrible, cleanliness terrible, value terrible, location average, credit okay, where credit's yeah. due, sleep quality poor, rooms poor. Submit your review. Boom! I've just done a TripAdvisor. Uh, oh, fill in. I've I've filled it in. What are you talking about? We can't accept. Oh, for goodness' sake! We can't accept reviews that use profanity. Where on earth have I done a done a profanity? Where have you done a? Um, fat was fat. Would that fat's happen? not a? There's no swear words in there. Oh, it's censorship. This is what it is. Where's freedom of speech? Maybe they don't like Jacodemus. Yeah, oh dear, effing. Um, uh, was was. Oh. No, that's not profanity. That's a euphemism. Swearing. Let's try that. 
This is this is disgusting. If that's the submit my review. Yay! So it, it was, was effing. effing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh dear! Right, you can't even say that. Oh no. say, this Political correctness gone mad. What have you got in the papers, Catherine? Helena Bonham Carter's been out in her slippers. What? I don't know why we're surprised. That's she outrageous. She tends to wear most of her dressing up box, and fair play to her. Yeah. But I just wondered whether any of our dear listeners would ever have uh, shambled out in their slippers. My granddad used to refer to it affectionately is the Salford Shuffle. If you went down the precinct, you would often see mostly older ladies with their slippers on, because I think sometimes you get to an age where comfort is king. I um, had uh, a migraine at the weekend, very bad migraine on, on Sunday, and I took way far too many Nurofen. I mean, I was just literally, I was travelling through time in the afternoon, and I woke up um, from a fevered sleep, realising that I had to put the... I had some washing in the washing machine. I needed that washing that night. It was clean sheets. So I had to get up. So I shambled downstairs. I'm out in the back garden in my pants. What? Just in my pants, hanging up washing. I mean, I was, I was out of it. But I, I, was, I thought it was very bold to wander down into Ooh. my pants. Very bold indeed. My husband once um, was sleepwalking and found himself in a hotel corridor in his pants, locked out of his room. That's what he says. Is there a phone-in in this? I saw, I'm sure I saw as I was driving in this morning, a young lad locked out of his flat in his pyjamas. Because he was stood there in his pyjamas. It was freezing cold at five o'clock in the morning. And he was like trying to, he was trying the door. That's locked out, isn't it? Okay, so what do we call this phone-in? Oh, it's not, no. Out there in nightwear? Well, no, it's not a phone-in. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Call me now. It's not a phone-in. No. This isn't, this is, Kelly... Sorry, you texting. She thinks it's a good idea. You texting your mates. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a phone in. What's not a phone in? I was texting my. Out there in nightwear. Call no. me now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. I've done that loads. I when? Think you have. Went to Tesco's. Right, but that's a boring story. You might as well say, "Call me now with your boring stories." Oh wait, four five nine four double five 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 double five. Good Call idea. Call me now with your boring no. stories. That's a great idea. I've got some stuff in the newspapers. Go on then. Let's hear it. It's bye-bye to bath time. When, when did you last have a bath? Um, I don't really like stewing in my own juices. I've not had a... I'm more of a shower girl. Quick in and out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've not had a bath for... Well, I've not had a bath since we moved into that new house. So it's over a year. My wife has a bath, then has a shower afterwards. I can see why you do that, but that kind of tells me why I don't. I think the candle companies um, are liars. What? Well, they seem to make it like everyone's lighting candles and getting in the bath with a glass of wine. Who has time to do that? Normally there's someone banging on the door at my house. It used to be one of the most popular ways to unwind after a busy day, but for millions the idea of slipping into a soothing bath is a thing of the past. Now a quarter of Britons... Why is it Britons? Britons. Why are we Britons? Um, What, like the um, Iron Age type? Britons. B-R-I-T-O-N-S. That's crazy. Why aren't we Britons? Why aren't we British? Millions of British... Admit. Britishers. Uh, they never have a bath, according to a survey. Instead, they are opting for a quick shower, often often lasting for just 30 seconds. Well, that's not even... You can't get you clean. That is. That's a PE shower, yeah, right? Well, when yo, you're actually you've still got your pants and bra on and your towel and you just wet your shoulders so Miss thinks you've had a shower. 
but you don't want to get naked in what, front of the other girls. What you can't see, dear listener, is as, as Catherine finished that sentence, she leaned one elbow back <laughs> on the chair as if she were Roger the Dodger and she just got one over on the man. Yeah, miss, I never had a shower. Now, that's, that's a phone-in. When did you last have a bath? That's a good phone-in. It's in. a really interesting phone-in. No, it's better. All right. And I want to hear. Ke- all right, let's, let's try. Um, Kelly? Yesterday. Shower. No. What? She's fired. When did you... L- Sophie? Oh, oh, bath. Oh, bath. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's yeah. totally different. Shut up, Kelly. Yeah, you're right. Yes, Sophie, you're Justin today. Oh, yeah, I know. You want me to find out about when no. the last time someone when shaved? I-, <laughs> I was waiting for... Some- oh, for goodness what's going on? Right, would... Uh, Sorry, I've just been working at another BBC station at the weekend, so I'm, I'm kind of got my, you know, used to working with professionals, not with slackers. Okay. Sorry? If you're so profesh- professional, why are you late for travel? I'm not. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Forget it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Candy. So amateur. Right, Absolute I've, amateur. Right, when did you last have a bath? Bring back Simon Lederman. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound slow going between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. The N25 anti-clockwise also heavy between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound is slow going between the Stevenage junctions 8 and 7. And on public transport, the Piccadilly line have trains not running between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane after a signal failure. Also affecting Metropolitan Line where there are minor delays between Uxbridge and Harrow on the Hill. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Please, I'm about to do the papers, uh, the news. Don't clear your throat. <laughs> What a horrible laugh. 6.47, it's Monday the 10th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man with motor neurone disease from Bushy has been told the council can't afford to pay for round-the-clock care in his own home. A road has been closed near Watford Railway Station because of fears there's a sinkhole underneath. And a man has been charged with an arson attack on a mosque in Bletchley. Right, let's get the latest weather. Here's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, yesterday saw the warmest day of the year so far. Bedford got up to 18.2, Woburn 19 Celsius. So, yes, a beautiful day. It is a bit different, unfortunately, today. The cloud will start to roll in. It's the remnants of an old weather front. It should be dry, uh, but it is going to be a lot cooler. We've got a developing northeasterly breeze as well, so the temperature is going to struggle. Struggle compared to yesterday. We're looking at a maximum of around 10 Celsius. So, some places up to 10 Celsius cooler. Overnight, we're hanging on to the cloud and also the northeasterly breeze, but that's going to prevent the temperature from dropping down too far, looking at a minimum of three, maybe four Celsius. For tomorrow, again, a dry day. Cloud around first thing tomorrow morning, but eventually that will start to melt away and we'll get some sunny spells through the afternoon. That's when the temperature will start to rise, looking at a maximum for Tuesday of 12 Celsius. That's 54 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. This was meant to be. A, was that was that a trail? Oh, that was your survey. Hang on a second. Yeah, what are you doing? Hang on. This. Nick Coffer Nick on Coffer. BBC Three Counties Radio. How about a bit of murder and death, particularly local murder? And death. What? 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 Is it, what? 
I've never listened to a Nick Coffer trial before. What was he? He's doing was just a murder. Put it back on. God, I don't know if I should. I'm for, I like Nick Coffer. I, wouldn't, I would hate for him to get arrested. But then again, I'd hate for him to murder somebody. Let's see what he's got to say. Hang on. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. How about a bit of murder and death? No, don't do it! That's insane behaviour! The BBC does not advocate murder well, and or death. We, do, we don't condone it in the slightest. Let's, let's see what, how he's going to do this dastardly plot. Local murder and death from the night. No, no! Local. If you're going to do it, do it miles away. There's less chance of them finding you. Nick, you're a celebrity. 19th century. I mean, one of the oh, in the book. 19th I century. There's a potential there for miscarriage of justice. No. Until three o'clock this afternoon. Oh, okay. More great music to come in the next two and a half hours. As long as there's great music. While, I like a little bit of epic on this programme. Oh. Nick Hoffer. Hey, I'm just outside of Aylesbury. At Stoke Where I'm going to commit a murder. Hula, which is an animal rescue centre in the paediatrics ward of the L&D Hospital. What? I'm what? in St Albans. Is it got animals in the paediatric ward? Can't be hygienic. On BBC right. Three Counties Radio. So what we've learnt from that trail is he gets about. Well, he, he's going to he's going to commit a murder in the nineteenth century. And then he's going to run to Aylesbury and Kempston. All those and put a dog in a children's ward. That is disgusting. Good story though. For right, you. right. Now what we, it was a great story when he does it. Uh, what we need to do is we need to send that to um, the police. Yeah. Ollie Martin. <laughs> the time police. The time police. Not Ollie Martin's. They said it to David Lloyd. Yeah. Do something about it. Uh, we'll send that to the time police. Dennis, can you believe Nick Coffer's going to go back in time, murder somebody, and then put a, a dog in a children's ward in a hospital? Yes. Oh. I can believe anything in this programme. What do you want, Dennis? When did you last have a bath? Uh, a week ago, and I'm getting ready for a scalding hot one this morning. When did you last go out in your slippers? Uh, last night. OK. And have you stayed in a bad hotel? Yes. There we go, you It see? must have been the same one in, in uh, Birmingham. There we go. Well, that's really great. So, uh, showers. Yes. Oh. Showers are all right, but they only take the top muck off. There's a good soak in a scalding hot bath, which I'm going to get into before long. Well, don't have a scalding hot bath. Why? I don't like it when you're, um, you're, you come out and your legs are red. Well, I'm red all over. Catherine was pointing to an intimate part of her body. No, I was just thinking about sometimes if you go in and um, part of you is a normal colour and yeah. the bottom part is a different... Dennis, you're yeah. a gentleman of an age... Very. Uh, ..which is so, so advanced it's difficult to calculate using modern techniques, but have Don't you ever... Don't forget I'm expecting a birthday present from you in the end of May. May the... 29. Well, that's, right. you know, there's still a way to go, Dennis, and, you, you know, good, good, good luck with that. I might not make it. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to say it out loud, but it's, it's certainly a possibility. But, Dennis... Yes? ..have you shaved different parts of your body? And be careful with this. Uh, uh unfortunately, I had to do. What? Well, I was in hospital for an operation. Oh, yeah. And uh, they handed me this machine. Yeah. What? I wasn't very happy with it, but it had to be done. Right. Other than that, I am not a hairy person. Where do, um, hang on, what machine, what, clippers? It, well, no, it was a sort of an electric razor, but it yeah. had teeth. And it had oh, to shave. Where did, again, we've got young ears listening, but where did you have to shave? Um, let me see, the, uh, the joining part of my legs. The bit, the, the, okay, the middle. Yep. Okay, great, yep, okay, great. Don't. It was dangerous, yep. it was, it was yep. dangerous. Yep. Yep, there's an image I never wanted in my head. Blimey. <laughs> you are 
I'm very excited. So a great film at the weekend, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Won't be to everyone's liking. Wes Anderson. It was wonderful. Can't well, forgive him for what he did to Fantastic Mr. Fox. You didn't like the Fantastic no, Mr. Fox, No, I thought did it was you? outrageous. I came out of the cinema. I was For a moment, I was the only person in the cinema, but then three other slackers came and sat uh, near me. Right next to you? No. That's they, weird, isn't it? That would have been weird. Uh, but I came out of the cinema feeling, just, just feeling joyful. It was, it was uplifting. And there's also another film I'm looking forward to seeing, which I might be going to see next week at a preview. Oh. The Frank... Frank. The Frank, Frank Sidebottom film, yeah. I remember him vaguely from when I was a kid. He did a few appearances on Number 73, didn't he? Number 73. I used to love he used Frank. He used to um, weird me out a bit. Yeah, he is weird. I, I've seen Frank... I did a gig with Frank once. I, used to, I got on with him quite well. He was bonkers. He used to phone me up sometimes. I wikipedia him yesterday. Yeah. He was a very handsome man underneath the mask, wasn't he? Big nose. Oh. Very big nose. What mask? Didn't have a mask on. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that film, even though they've made Frank American. But it's not, it's not the real... It, it's kind of a, con- a conglomeration, if that's the word, of loads of different kind of artists. So it's like Beef Art, it's Daniel Johnson, it's, all, it's loads of people. And Maggie Gyllenhaal being cross. Yeah. According to the And trailer. it's Michael... Fa- I think it's brilliant. They've got Michael Fassbender. Who's brilliant. But you don't see his face throughout the whole film. I'm looking forward to it. Well, good luck with that. Um, enjoy your preview that you're going to on your own. You can come to a preview. Well, actually, they've not got back to me, so I might not be. So you're probably not going. Hopefully going to a preview of Rio 2 as well. Oh, 
Oh, now you're talking. I'm on a mailing list. I've got myself on a mailing list. Yeah, I'm on a mailing list. Gosh, one day, one day I could be on a mailing list. No, never going to happen. Oh. You've got to have been somebody ten years ago to get on a mailing list. No, I'm not even anyone now. Ah, you're going to put the cat on. Make yeah, a cough. I suppose so. Yeah. Might as well make myself useful. I really enjoyed that last half an hour, despite everything. Did you? Yeah. Well, glad one of us did. I can hear your knees clicking. It's not glamorous or sexy, is it? They just kind of petered out there, didn't it, Kelly? Just sort of petered, yeah. just sort of petered out at the end. Normally does. Give us a little um, uh, post paper review. R- review. Um. Yeah, that about sums it up. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Buckingham, the A421 is slow in both directions at the moment between the A413 and the Gorkut roundabout. That's because there are temporary traffic lights there for roadworks. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing now between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. And on public transport, Piccadilly Line still has trains not running between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane after a signal failure. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Coming up in the next hour, a gentleman with motor neurone disease. The council say they can't afford to give him 24-hour round-the-clock care in his home. He has to move into a care home. Well, should he have the right to die in his own home, even if it costs the council money? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Hertfordshire man with motor neurone disease battles to stay at home. A suspected sinkhole closes road in Watford and a man is charged with arson against a Bletchley mosque. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hertfordshire is fighting to spend what's left of the rest of his life in his own home. 48-year-old Glenn Phillips from Bushy has motor neurone disease, but the council says it can't afford to pay round-the-clock care. Glenn, whose speech is affected by his condition, is calling for the situation to be resolved quickly. It's really hard to cope with having a terminal illness. I have to constantly think about dying, so not to know what is happening with my care is even more stressful. A road has been closed near Watford Station because of fears it may collapse. It's believed there could be a sinkhole underneath. Catherine Boyle has the details. St John's Road has been shut to traffic after the appearance of a large void. An investigation's now being carried out to see if there actually is a sinkhole underneath. Buses have been diverted while that work takes place and it's expected to take at least four days. Last month, a whole street in Hemel Hempstead had to be evacuated after a sinkhole appeared in a cul-de-sac. A man has been charged with an arson attack on a mosque in Bletchley on Saturday. 30-year-old Ryan Bevington from North Street in the town will appear in court this morning. The search is continuing for the Malaysia Airlines plane which disappeared with more than 200 people on board. Part of the investigation is focusing on two people who booked seats on the flight using stolen passports. Professor Anthony Gleese, director of the Centre for Security and Intelligence at the University of Buckingham, says that throws up more questions. If, if this was a terrorist attack or a terrorist bomb that went off, maybe went off at the wrong time, then the most likely group of people responsible for this would be the Chinese Uyghurs. These are Islamists who come from northern China. 
However, they would not be using passports of people from Austria or people from Italy. Presumably the photographs were in there. People in Wheathampstead whose children have failed to secure a place at any of their four chosen secondary schools have criticised Hertfordshire County Council for not solving the problem sooner. This mother says one in five children in the village have been affected this year. This happens every year and every year there are children that have to go to school the next day with the disappointment of not knowing which school they're going to. In sport, England beat Wales in the Six Nations at Twickenham to keep their hopes of winning the title alive. England, Ireland and France are level on points going into the final round of matches next weekend. The weather today will be dry but cloudier than yesterday. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It looks like an extremely historic village. There's lots of ancient buildings, fascinating looking buildings. Inviting everyone to where you live. It just is still so quaint. It hasn't been overbuilt. All this week, we're featuring Wheat Hampstead. Come and look at the old buildings, because they're very old. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, this is exciting news. We're asking, when did you last have a bath? Well, Caroline in Bedford is having one now. A bath in the morning. (laughs) What's Kelly doing? (laughs) She's miming a bath action. And Jay and Dunstable has sent me a text that I can't read. It's about shaving and other parts of your body you've shaved. Jay, I'm I'm really glad to know that, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to know that. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show between now and nine o'clock, including is it right to end your days at home even if the council's paying? Should your child get into the nearest school even if it's oversubscribed? And will Bedford's new bus station smell of wee-wee even if it's brand new? I'm 40 years old. And also, we're talking baths, we're talking shaving other parts of your body. Please tread carefully. This comes from the fact I shaved my ears at the weekend. Lobes and interiors. What parts of your body have you had to shave? Sometimes you see men with really hairy noses, don't you? Really hairy noses, yeah. Like a little nose hat. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a phone call, which is the best way to do it, isn't it? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, here's something I'd like to get your opinion on, please. This is a tough one. I think. So it's going to take a little bit of thinking on your part. It's got me thinking. Should a man be allowed to die in his own home if the council are paying? If the council have to pay for that? 
I'll tell you why. It's a fascinating story. A Hertfordshire man with motor neurone disease is fighting to live out his life in his own home. Glenn Phillips from Bushy needs round-the-clock care to be able to stay in his bungalow. He's been getting that following a recent fall, but the county council says it can only afford that level of care until Wednesday. Glenn, whose speech is affected by his condition, told our reporter Matt Lockwood he's finding it very difficult to stay positive. One of the main problems is it's really hard to cope with having a terminal illness. I have to constantly think about dying, and that is really hard. So not to know what is happening with my care is even more stressful. How often does that cross your mind during the day? I think about it almost all the time. Um, I'm trying to have some quality of life, but... (coughs) It's okay. It's okay. Take your time. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. I can't imagine what you're going through then. I really can't. I'm doing everything I can to be as strong as I can. That was uh, Matt Lockwood there speaking to uh, Glenn. Listening to that is Glenn's friend, Joe Banks. Morning, Joe. Morning. Let's put the illness to one side for a second. What was what was Glenn like before he became poorly? Oh, gosh. Um, amazing. Um, and he still is. Um, he is a vibrant, intelligent, intellectual, uh, wonderful guy, really. And it, can you explain uh, uh, what motor neurone disease is, what, what it does to somebody? Well, gosh, there's an awful lot of anatomy and physiology behind it, but basically it's, it's a degenerative um, cis, uh, disease that affects um, the nervous system. And Glenn is pretty rapidly um, shutting down, I guess, is, is a good turn of phrase. Sh- is he sh- it's just it's, it's physical, isn't it? So Glenn is still there... Oh gosh, yeah, he is. It's it's very physical. It's not it's not affected his uh, his mind at all, which in, in some respects is difficult. Yeah, well, it must be hard. And and, and people often see uh, people with conditions like MS or motor neurone disease, and they see yeah. them struggling to control their movements or their speech, and so they yeah. they they think they assume that mentally they're struggling as well. But 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 Glenn's he's 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 with it, and he's 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 aware of everything, isn't he? Oh yeah, he, he's a, he's a very bright guy and maintains that that very um, bright intelligent stance. Yeah, we heard there when he was speaking to our reporter Matt that um, yeah. this is this is really wearing him down, isn't it? Well, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I think that's an under, understatement. Yeah. Um, you know, he he crawls through life physically and mentally in many respects now. Um, yeah. And he's only in his 40s as well, isn't he? He's very young. He's 48. 48. So what's the situation with the council then, Joe? They've told Glenn that they can't afford to, to keep the care that he needs for him to stay in his own home. Is that right? Well, essentially, yes. Um, we're, we're waiting to hear um, what's going to happen because the, the, the emergency care package they put together lasted a month and that expires on Wednesday. Um, 
they've given Glenn the option of going into a nursing home and um, although I'm sure that he would receive perfect care there, it doesn't re- well, it pales into insignificance when thinking of, of remaining in your own home when, when you can do that perfectly well given the care that he requires And he does, I, I'm guessing he requires care to do pretty much everything now, does he? Yeah, he does, he needs somebody there to help him with every single thing apart from breathing at the moment yeah i'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate and and, and th- this is an awkward question to ask but uh home care is very expensive isn't it should the council be responsible for keeping him in his home if 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 it's costing money well, that's a very good question, and and I guess there's an, a multitude of answers that um, that we could all come up with about that. But but here, I think it's um, gosh, it, it's a much more basic need. Um, you know, put yourself or any of your relatives in the same situation. Mm. God forbid. How would you want yourself or them to end their days? And surely it's got to be in the familiar surroundings of your own home if you do at all have a choice um you know are we are we using money here as a, a, as something to decide where you end your days gosh it's it's awful isn't it, isn't it just and how how are you coping joe as a, as a friend of his also you care for him a lot it must be it must be painful for you and his other friends to see well, well glenn and i have been friends since the early 80s which is a long time we were at school together and um it's very upsetting to see somebody that you love and care about so much disappearing um yeah it's it's dreadful i can't really put into words mm. in a few minutes what it's like it's awful and and the effect that it has on on glenn and on his family as well because he sees our pain too um yeah it's awful joe thanks for sharing your story with us this morning and, and, and maybe we'll catch up with you uh, in a few weeks time to find out what's happening yeah, OK, that'd be great. Thanks right, very then. much. Thank you. That's Joe Banks, friend of uh, Glenn Phillips. And it's interesting, isn't it? People don't often uh, think about the people that are affected on, affected on the periphery, the friends and the family that are affected on the uh, the periphery. Well, we did ask Hearts County Council for an interview this morning. They issued us with a statement instead. It says, we've met with Mr Phillips to discuss his needs and his desire to stay at home. We're doing everything possible to try and accommodate his wishes while still ensuring he has access to the care he needs. Well, over to you. 08459 455 555. Should someone like Glenn be allowed to die in their own home, even if it's costing the council money? Should the council be paying for something like that? Or if it's cheaper, safer, more convenient for them to move somebody into a care home, should we go for the cheaper option? What's more important here, money or or, or people's comfort? It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Boy, am I glad I'm not the person that has to make those decisions. Keen to get your thoughts, and maybe something like this has affected and touched your life. Certainly, it touched mine um, when uh, I had to move my mummy to a care home at the age of I don't know, was she fifty nine, something like that? Yeah, she was fifty nine, uh, and it was partly brought about because the uh, the council said we can't give her the support that she needs anymore. That kind of forced our hand ever so slightly. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five, and a thank you to the uh, the Watford Observer for uh, uh, for running this story and for letting us uh, have a look at it as well. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's kind of lots 
lots of lots of little bits and pieces around in the newspapers in the morning. There's nothing massive, but there's little bits and pieces that have got me uh, kind of scratching my head a bit. It's bye-bye to bath time, says the Daily Mail. It used to be one of the most popular ways to unwind after a busy day, but for millions, the idea of slipping into a soothing bath is a thing of the past. I haven't had a bath for... 14 months last bath I had was in the, before we moved and that was because we'd had a bathroom done and I'd, I made sure we got a massive bath like a really big bath put in it was lovely bath in this house uh, it's, it's not quite that big really I couldn't stretch out in it it's functional the kids love it the kids have a bath every day sometimes I get in with them that's a nightmare but the last time I sat down and had a bath on my own it's over a year people just don't have baths anymore Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. When was the last time you had a bath? And kind of, kind of connected to it. What as you've got older, what other parts of your body have you had to start shaving? Please be careful. We've got young people going to school. I've already had a text from Jay that I can't read out. We've already had Dennis and Dunstable talking about his apex, the bit that joins his legs up. <laughs> So, but what parts of your body have you found yourself shaving as you've got older? For me, I started shaving my ears at the weekend and every now and then a little bit shave on the old back. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting on the speed sensors, the A5 southbound is looking busy now between Kensworth and Redbourne. A1M southbound also very slow between the Stevenage junctions 8 and 7. Also the M1 southbound slow going between junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. The N25 anti-clockwise queuing between junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. We've still got these ongoing problems on public transport. Piccadilly Line have trains not running between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane after a signal failure. Also affecting the Metropolitan Line with minor delays between Uxbridge and Harrow on the Hill. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.16. It's Monday the 10th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A, a Hertfordshire County Council has told a man with Mosin urone disease that it can't afford to care for him in his own home. A road has been closed near Watford Railway Station because of fears it could collapse into a sinkhole. And a man will appear in court this morning, accused of starting a fire at a mosque in Bletchley. The weather today will be dry but cloudier than yesterday. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The village itself is quite ancient. The original settlement here was 2,000 years ago. Inviting everyone to where you live. The village is very special. The community is just so cohesive. It does so much together. And all this week, we're featuring Wheat Hampstead. It looks like an extremely historic village. There's lots of fascinating looking buildings. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Be glad when the swan is back in use again. It burnt badly last year. Send us an email to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. Just come here and feel the love. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Feel the love, Catherine. Come on, feel my love. Feel uh, my love. I don't do that anymore. Hey. Now, here's an exciting thing. As you may uh, or may not be aware, for the last 25 years, I have been vegetarian. And I've just decided, apropos very little... 
that for two weeks I'm going to eat meat. So eight days ago I had my first ever steak. Since then I've had homemade burgers. Oh, on Saturday night. Saturday night I had lamb. Lamb with mint sauce for the first time in 25 years. Lamb truly is the king of all meats. Then at the end, next weekend, I'm in the States and I'm going to have a big fat burger over there and then I'm going to consider whether I'm a vegetarian or a meat eater. But, but, it seemed a little bit unfair on the cosmos, nay, the universe, for me to start eating meat and not to redress the balance. So, Ian's on the line. Morning, Ian. Morning. Now, you were a full-on carnivore. You love meat. In fact, you when, when you heard me talking about this, you were eating a sausage sandwich. I was, yeah. And you have agreed... For the time I'm a meat eater, to become a vegetarian. Yep. And fair play, I've got to say this, mate. We have all been so impressed by what you're doing because Ian has been tweeting his pictures of every single meal. He's done well, hasn't he, Catherine? He has. He had a sad banana breakfast the other day. We all <laughs> shared the pain. That what was it? A potato thing you had the other night? Okay, um, last night. What did you have last night? Last night I had a what I have a jacket potato and super noodles. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm running out of ideas, you see. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> this is it. You are running out of ideas, which is a shame. You had. To, um, let me just try and find you on Twitter because you had something the other night. Oh, it, was it the vegetable and potato curry? That was it. That looked great. It was. That was really nice. I made that myself. That was good. If you want to follow Ian on Twitter at nineteen eighty seven underscore Ian I A N, he spells it wrongly. We're not judging him for that because he's doing <laughs> he's doing a really good job. How are you finding yourself? Are you are you feeling any different, Ian? I feel. I played football yesterday and I lasted longer than I normally do, so oh. I think that might have something to do with it. Isn't that interesting? Because I'm getting more energy from chowing down on the meat and you're getting more energy for getting rid of the meat for a bit. Well, it's because I think it's because I'm eating more vegetables so I don't normally eat vegetables. Are you not a vegetable fan? No, not really. So what, what have you uh, what have you had for breakfast this morning? I haven't had breakfast yet. I haven't had a chance. I've been working. Oh, so. boy. What, what is it you do? Uh, traffic management. Oh, OK. OK, so it's a, it's a tough, demanding job. Yeah. Um, any ideas what you're going to have for, for lunch or your supper tonight? Um, tonight I'm going to have, I think I'm going to have a vegetable stir-fry or something oh, like that. Oh, mate, you're going to feel alive after that. I know. <laughs> oh, he sounds really downbeat, though. <laughs> we need some exciting <laughs> vegetarian recipes. Yeah, I do, I need something. I'm, I've been told to try a uh, corn, but... i tell you what you want to try. Get, go and get some Linda McCartney sausages. Linda McCartney. She may not have been able to sing, but she certainly knew how to make a vegetarian (laughs) banger. Seriously, they're they're cracking. Ian, keep listening. We might get some suggestions this morning. Thank you. And also, well done. We're we're all. Thank you very much. Catherine Kelly and I. We're all messaging each other over the weekend, going, "Oh, he's really good, this Ian fella. He's doing a cracking (laughs) job." So well done, and maybe we'll speak to you later on in the week. Thank you very much. Yep. Cheers, mate. There you go. Uh, at 1987 underscore IAN if you want to follow him. He posts pics of all his meals, doesn't he? Give him some ideas. Yes, we need some suggestions of what he can have to spice up his life, literally and metaphorically. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well done him, good for him. Now, the big tour is back, and this week we're focusing on Wheathamstead in Hertfordshire, where parents whose children have failed to secure a place at any of their four chosen secondary schools have been telling us they've been let down by the county council. One in five children in the village have been affected this year, and locals say the issue has been going on for years. Well, this is what one mum told our reporter Tara Gungafal. Her daughter hasn't been offered a place at any of the schools she wanted to go to. This happens every year in Wheat Hampstead. Every year. And it doesn't matter how much we say to 
you know, the, the powers that be. This happens every year, and every year there are children that have to go to school the next day with the disappointment of not knowing where, which school they're going to. And what does your daughter think of the decision? She's in pieces. She's absolutely gutted. She has a, a family member that lived in Kempton, and two years ago he was allocated a school in Luton, and he didn't receive a school place until the November of that academic year. And she is absolutely terrified that that is going to happen to her. And it had a huge impact on that child because he missed out on all the, the things that you get when you start at, start at school, you know, with the bonding with all the new classmates. And she's terrified that that's going to happen to her. What's the point? You might, they might as well just play pin tail on the donkey and close their eyes, blindfold, wherever the pin lands, send the kids to school. What's the point of giving them a choice when they don't get any of the schools that they choose? If you could have a meeting with the Head of uh, Education at Hertfordshire County Council right now, what would you say to them? Oh, I couldn't say that on radio. <laughs> that, would, uh, that would upset a lot of people, especially people with delicate ears. Well, that was our reporter, Tara Gungafall, speaking to uh, an angry mum. Well, there are plans for a new secondary school to serve Harpenden and the surrounding villages, including one option near Wheathamstead on the Lower Luton Road. But that's causing controversy as well, as there are concerns about where it could be built. We can speak, speak now to David Johnston, who chairs Wheathamstead Parish Council. Morning, David. Good morning, Ian. Is the Lower Luton Road option the best place for a new secondary school? Is it a good site? Um, it, it's a reasonable site, but <clears throat> the parish council believes there are better sites, uh, largely because located on the Low Luton Road, it's going to exacerbate traffic problems, and it is also going to encourage ribbon development along that road. Um, it's also clustering the schools, interestingly enough, on the east side of Harpenden. And the east side uh, is fine, except to get to that school, people are going to have to cross the river, and there are limited river crossings. So, all in all, it's not the best site. A consultation process was carried out last year, wasn't it, about the 11 proposed sites for a new secondary school. Were there any realistic alternatives to the Lower Luton Road, do you think? Uh, I'm sure there were. In fact, um, Harts County Council have not yet released the results of that consultation. It was due to be out in January, but it's already a couple of months late, as you can see. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The, uh, we've looked at other sites, and we think there are at least two other sites which are uh, probably just as good, if not better. It does sound, from uh, what we've heard speaking to parents, that another school is needed, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely. The, the frustrating thing is... Of course, we had a perfectly good school in Wheathampstead, which was closed in the late 80s uh, through falling roll numbers across the county, um, which was fine. Um, the school was kept in educational use right up until a few years ago, and then the council sold it off for, um, sold it off for housing. Mm. So it's very frustrating, really, for the residents. And this all adds to the, the um, implication that Hearts County Council aren't doing their best to sort the problem. Now, it's not only Wheathampstead, I, I hasten to add. If you look out to Kimpton and uh, the Waldens, they have exactly the same problem. They're down to one in five students not getting a place. And a lot of it is to do with Harpenden having such good schools, which is fantastic, uh, but it doesn't help uh, Wheathampstead and it doesn't help the surrounding villages either. What would you say to those parents who aren't getting their kids into the schools that are near them, the schools that they want? Well, I th first of all, um, it's not been mentioned, but really the great stress 
Uh, okay, the kids, <clears throat> excuse me, the kids are undergoing stress, but the parents are the ones who take it really because the parents realize just how important it is to get a good school for their children. And, you know, I do feel sorry for, for parents who right up until the last moment, this process starts now and it will go on, right? There will be parents who will not know where their children are going to school at the beginning of September. And they, last year we had two students who just had no allocations at all. It's really not good enough. David, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. I hope it gets sorted out at some point. David Johnston chairs Wheat Hampstead Parish Council. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's have a look at the papers. Great news. The Express has got a great exclusive story. Five simple steps to beat cancer. This is fantastic. As the son of someone who's, uh, whose mum's got cancer, his dad died of cancer last year, fantastic. Well done, The Express. Let me put your mind at ease, dear listener. The Daily Express, five simple steps to beat cancer. These steps will beat cancer. Revealed golden rules that will cut risk by up to 50%. Oh, hang on a second, that's not beating cancer. Already, by the second head, the story's changed slightly. It's not beating cancer, it's going to cut the risk by up to 50%. Okay, that's still good, though. Sticking to five golden rules could be the key to beating cancer for good. New research. Oh, we're back to beating it again now. See, beating it to me implies curing it. That's what beating implies to me. Easy changes in lifestyle could slash UK cancer cases by tens of thousands. I am in. Let's have it. Let's be having you. The steps are, are you ready? Are you ready? Do you have a pen and paper? The steps to take are, here we go. Number one, quitting smoking. Number two, losing weight. Number three, exercising regularly. Number four, drinking less alcohol. Number five, eating more fruit and vegetables. You've just wasted my time, Daily Express. That's not a front-page story. Lead a healthy lifestyle and there's less chance of you getting poorly. And also, you did this story about six months ago and the Daily Mail did this story about three months ago. You're always doing this story. The five golden rules to beating cancer. Let's just go through those golden rules again, shall we? The five simple steps to beat cancer. Quit smoking, lose weight, exercise regularly, drinking less alcohol, eating more fruit and vegetables. The might as well put, uh, don't go and play with um, uh, uranium as well. It's, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's got me angry. It also suggests that if you do get cancer, it's because you've not taken care of yourself. Sometimes it just happens. The front page of the Express is a waste of everybody's life. Let me tell you why. There are two, the whole front page, five simple steps to beat cancer. Well, that's complete and utter nonsense. It's a story you've run at least twice in the last 12 months, and it's guff. And the other uh, bit on the front page is a picture of some people on a beach, 70 degrees Fahrenheit and more sunny days on the way. Flipping it. What's the Weather point? Weather and cures. Express is in the bin. Oh dear. The Express is in the bin today. It's got me angry. Let's look at the Daily Mail. Oh no, that's quite a good one actually. We'll stick with that. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Buckingham, there are some roadworks with temporary traffic lights causing delays. They're on the A421, queues in both directions between the A413 and the Gorecut roundabout. Also on the speed sensors in High Wycombe, all approaches to the Handycross roundabout looking very slow. And the M1 really struggling between Junction 10 for Luton and the Kidneywood roundabout. There's congestion there on the London road to the Caddington turn. 
On public transport, the Piccadilly line still have trains not running between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane after a signal failure. And the Metropolitan line has minor delays between Uxbridge and Harrow on the Hill. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a man from Hertfordshire is fighting to spend what's left of the rest of his life in his own home. 48-year-old Glenn Phillips from Bushy has motor neurone disease, but the council says it can't afford to pay round-the-clock care. A road has been closed near Watford Station because of fears it may collapse into a sinkhole. Investigation work is expected to take place on St John's Road for at least four days. A man has been charged with an arson attack on a mosque in Bletchley on Saturday. 30-year-old Ryan Bevington from North Street in the town will appear in court this morning. The weather today will be dry but cloudier than yesterday. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rugby first and England beat Wales in the Six Nations at Twickenham to keep their hopes of winning the title alive. England, Ireland and France are level on points going into the final round of matches next weekend. Head coach Stuart Lancaster says his team were fearless. It's nice to get the win to get that game out of the way now because, you know, in the lead up to the game we had two weeks of it and, uh, you know, it tests your patience a little bit but uh, you've got to take it on the chin because we lost fair and square but... Uh, you know, today was our day, you know, we played well and uh, we deserve to win. It's all Rosalie twisted now. FA Cup holders Wigan are through to the semi-final of the FA Cup after another shock win over Manchester City. And Hull City are through to the semi-final for the first time since 1930 after a 3-0 win against Sunderland. The MK Dons will sign midfielder Mark Randall today. The former Arsenal youngster had a loan spell at Stadium MK four years ago and is a free agent after a period playing in Italy. Manager Carl Robinson is pleased to have him on board. He's got a very, very small contract to prove himself. That might be off the pitch, might be off the bench, he might be starting, it might be in the training ground. But I've given an opportunity, another opportunity in his life. We've done that to Ryan Hall. We keep doing it, we keep giving these people opportunities. It's only then up to them. Because very rarely do you get two chances in any walk of life, and, these, and he is now giving, being given a second chance. Very few get the first. But to get two, count yourself as being lucky. Luton Town are now 15 points ahead of Cambridge at the top of the conference. The sides play each other tomorrow night. And Britain's Kelly Gallagher has won Britain's first ever Winter Paralympic gold. She claimed victory in the Super G in Sochi. Through the final gate as they come down to the finish line here in the sunshine in the mountains of Rosa Couture and the time 1 minute 28.72 seconds and that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 8 o'clock on FM AM online and digital radio this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio Text Nick from Marlow I bathe only when I stay in a hotel when I do I trim all hair Nasal, ear, eyebrows, head, and other areas not to be mentioned at breakfast. What is the obsession with cutting those hairs? Why would it? Why? why? You should see the bath when the water is out. Got to keep room service busy. Wow. Oi. That's, um, turns out our listeners are all deviants. <laughs> They're thoroughly unpleasant, aren't they? Thoroughly unpleasant people. There's so much I want to, to ask about that, but I can't. You can't, I, and it's probably best not to. Not, no, no. No, no. Um, let's, I'm, I'm scared to click on this email, see what this says. 
Oh, here we go. This is uh, on the subject we're talking about. Uh, Glenn Phillips, who is um, he's got motor neuron disease, um, and he wants the right to die in his own home. But the council say they can't afford the 24-hour care that he needs. And in St Albans says the money to keep Mr Phillips comes out of the public purse anyway, as it does if he is in hospital. Why does the funding not come out of the NHS budget? I I know why, and I'll tell you why in a second. We all pay him for this, as I presume, has Mr Phillips in the past when he was able. Now is the time for him to get what he's paid for in the past. This is the last wish of a dying man, and to deny it is cruel beyond belief. I would imagine that uh, there's, there's a weird d- d- definition and that I've never quite got my head around and I only know this because my mum is, is classed as this there is social care and there is medical care now, if you require medical care it's paid for they pay for it if you require social care then you have to pay for it up to a certain point so what's social care? is that to stop you falling out of bed? So social care, and I, I, I'm not quite sure on this and I, I have... I think they've been a bit woolly in the past. Social care is to stop you getting off bed, it's to dress you, it's to feed you, it's to, to take to you to the, the toilet. Right. Medical care would be if... Drips. It would be drips, it would be nurses tending wounds, it would be... If anyone can help me define this, because I've always struggled, 08459 555 it would be if you required injections, it would be things like that. So although my mum takes a lot of pills, it's not classed as medical care. Now... We, we, we've recently uh, um, uh, appealed that and we're kind of going through the appeal process because it looks like they may have misdefined certain conditions. But what Mr Phillips has got would be defined, I would imagine, as social care, not medical care. And when you're the relative of someone or the person yourself going through this, it's really frustrating because you're going, hang on a second, the only reason I need this care is because of my medical condition. Mm-hmm. So frustrating. But the, the question again, I suppose, is should someone like Mr Phillips have... If it's more, ex- and I don't know which is more expensive, I would imagine it would be more expensive to have 24-hour home care. If it is more expensive to have home care in your home, 24 hours a day, should the council be paying for that? Should the NHS be paying for that? We've got the background on that. Go on. Um, apparently it will cost £1,750 a week to pay for the 24-hour home care, yeah. as opposed to £1,000 a week for a nursing home. So seven hundred fifty quid a week they're saving. Now, in the great scheme of things, you would think it's £750 a week. I mean, we don't know what the prognosis is for Glenn, how long he's, he's potentially got. Um, but it doesn't sound like that much money. But you then have to spread that out across everybody who has to make that decision, and it starts to add up. I'm not saying it's right or wrong at all. I don't know what the right or wrong answer is, to be honest. I, I, I don't really know, but... Um, uh, it, it, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this. 08459 455 555. It would save the council 750 quid a week for Glenn to move into a care home. I don't know. What do you think? 08459 455 555. Should have a look at the rest of the newspapers? If any of them are as bad as the Express, they're going in the bin. Oh, the Guardian! What a strange photo. It's a leg emerging from a sea of daffodils. Show me. Oh, yes. Isn't that strange? Artsy-fartsy, lefty nonsense. The balmy weather in London, balmy as in balmy, not barmy, the balmy weather in London yesterday brought people flocking to St James's Park to relax. Here's an arty photo of a lady's leg. She's ruining those, that flower bed, isn't she? You shouldn't be lying on that. Let's, just, let's hope there's a pathway there. Uh, zero hours figures worse than feared. Huge rise shows insecurity becoming the norm in job markets, says Labour. Um, that's missing Malaysian Airlines plane. That's a strange story, isn't it? <sighs> Sorry, that coffee has just hit me where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Sorry? Huh? That coffee. I need, to have, coffee. I need to have some urine in a minute. That's really... Uh, 
I'm having, I'm having what I believe they used to call in my college days a whitey. <laughs> the Daily Telegraph. Ricky the Poodle is the king of crufts. Who gives up monkeys about crufts? Ricky? Show me Ricky, show me Ricky, Ricky the, the poodle, poodle, though. Ricky's a big, black, fluffy poodle. Oh, Ricky. Like, um, like Roly. Uh, yeah, a little bit like Roly. Not, uh, what, was, what was my little willy? Uh, pug. It was funny because Willie's also slang for um, penis, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, so that's what the joke was on EastEnders. Oh, filthy beggars. Yeah, yeah. The Daily Telegraph. Is Harry's romance hotting up? Who cares? Wait, L- Prince Harry? Yeah. I care. OK, well, his, 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 his romance may be hotting up because well, he went really? to rugby with a girl. Good for oh, him. Yeah. She's quite attractive, isn't she? This is good. Blood test to show if they're healthy will suffer Alzheimer's. They've got a blood test to see if there's a chance you're going to get Alzheimer's or not. And we, then what do you do? Well, then you can start the treatment earlier, you see. There, is, there are treatments available, and one of the reasons people say they don't work is because you start them too late when it's, uh, you know, it's quite well developed. There's a blood test that will, uh, uh, will, uh, will d- tell you whether there's a 90% level of accuracy. It will let you know whether you will get Alzheimer's within three years. When do you take that blood test, though? Well, that's, uh, that's the thing. I guess if, if um, you are at high risk, I, if you know, your parents or your grandparents had it, hmm. then you could go and have, have that. Oh. I guess that's what you could do. You're right, Soph. What's, what's, what's her beef? What does she want? Oh, we've been trying to get hold of her. OK. To have a private conversation. OK, fine. So, we'll see you later, mate. No worries, see you later. To have a production conversation. Close our That's mics. fine. That's fine, yeah. So, you close our microphone. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's got, yep. Are they closed? Because the yeah. red light's still on, you see. Maybe there's a problem. Mm. I can't hear you. But we can hear you. Because oh, I'm on the radio. Can you not read my lips? Ah? <laughs> okay, it's, okay, it's closed. Is Simon Leatherman coming back. Oh, for goodness sakes. Um, there really is not a lot in the papers. Uh, tea and the shipping forecast make Britain great, says Clegg. Here we go. Queuing the shipping forecast and responding to all woes with a cup of tea are what make Britain great. What? Can you close it? Oh. Said the Deputy Prime Minister. In his uh, peon? Peon? Peon. Pion. To modern Britain, Mr Clegg also celebrated our tendency to don shorts and flip-flops at the first hint of sunshine. Here we go. Here we go. I've got, I've got something. I've got some. I've got something. I've got something. Oh. No, I've got something for the show. Let's give him a bit of attention, then he'll go. Away. No, I've oh, got. Wait, mate. What is it? Tell us. Come on, tell us. What is it? Oh. Hmm? Nick Clegg says that queuing the shipping forecast, responding to all woes with a cup of tea, mm. uh, donning shorts and flip-flops at the first hint of sunshine, are what makes, makes Brit- Britain great. great. So you want to say, what do you think makes Britain great? 08459 455 555. And we can get the lady to do so something. Please, yeah. go out and see what the... Mm. You got it? Yeah. Yeah? OK. Is that all right? Yes, mate. Well done. What is Thank going on? You. Because if you... There's something going on across the road and we're trying to ascertain whether it's something we need to put out Oh, right. Well, why so didn't you... serious. Oh, right. And you're being flippant. Right. Well, why didn't you tell me that something important was going on instead of being a complete and utter... Because you just had a conversation about... Is your button on your shirt done up wrong? You look all uneven. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. What do you think makes Britain great? We are the only people in the world that queue. You go abroad, those foreigners haven't got a clue how to queue. It's disgusting. Why do we do it? And if you jump ahead in a queue, either accidentally or deliberately, I feel, I, if I do, I feel absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. What makes Britain 
Great. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Uh, the Independent crash exposes alarming flaw in airline security. Over one billion passenger flights were made last year without s- stolen passport check. Oh, dear. Uh, blood test early, uh, gives uh, early warning of Alzheimer's. That's incredible if that, if that comes off. Wouldn't that be incredible? Daily Mail. School head forced out by fanatics. They saw me as the enemy, says Muslim moderate. A Muslim headmistress told last night how she was driven out of her job by extremists bent on taking over state schools. Her school is one of 12 apparently targeted by Islamic fundamentalists in a plot dating back two decades. And there's a picture of Prince Andrew um, and some hot girl that he's supposedly courting. The Sun. Topsy and Crim. Kids book shocker. Author's son is P.I.E. Pedo. The son of Topsy and Tim children's author Gene Adamson is today exposed as a pervert member of the paedophile information exchange. Leo Adamson, 52 below, has twice been jailed and sat on its committee when P.I.E. campaigned to legalise sex with kids aged four. And then there's a picture of um, a, a lady with a big bottom. I don't know who she is. I'm guessing she's a Kardashian. Page 20 to 21. This is... Um, this is by Desmond Morris, right? Who's a, he's a famed zoologist. He knows about nature and animals and stuff. And this is the headline. Our love of bums is no fad. They have a primeval appeal based in ancient mating rituals. By Desmond Morris, author of The Naked Ape. And there are now... They've got pictures of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... Nine bums. They've even got a guess the bum competition. Guess whose bum you're looking at. This is in the newspaper. I, I just don't. I don't understand how they get off on this nonsense. It does seem a little bit ridiculous. I mean, yeah, well, listen, I like bums. I like big butts. I cannot lie, to quote Cat Stevens, but... <laughs> a cynical person would think it's just any old excuse to put some racy pictures up. Let's, let's, let, let me read further. Maybe there is science in this. For th- this is Desmond Morris. For those of us who enjoy studying the female fawn, purely for scientific reasons, of course, already it's taken a tone that I don't like. A new you know tre- men have them as well, don't they? A new trend is gathering momentum. You may have noticed it. Bums are back. What? Are they? Do they ever go away? Well, when did bums come back? Tell me when you think bums came back. I thought bums and back were different. I thought the bum was at the bottom (laughs) and the back's the... Catherine, answer the question that I've asked. Um, I didn't... Like I say, I didn't notice they went away. No. Nicki Minaj. No, they can date it. Desmond Morris has dated when bums came back. Ever since Pippa Middleton's elegantly curved behind caught our attention at that wedding in 2011, more and more celebrities have been emphasising this part of their anatomy. What? That's nonsense. Pippa was quoted as saying that recognition has its upside, its downside, and you might say its backside, <laughs> apologising for the fact that her bridesmaid's dress fitted a little too well. She seems to have been alone in thinking it was too snug. Everyone else felt that, measured in precise degrees of smugness, it was just about... Per- is this Miss Morris really written this? It's like, some, it's like some dirty old man writing a letter to readers' wives or something. Since then, like all new trends, it's been taken further by other celebrities, including Kim Kardashian. Now, he didn't write this. The bootylicious Beyonce. No. He didn't write that. This is utter guff. Um, All right, let me just read these next two paragraphs and then I'll stop. 
There's no question this particular piece of female anatomy has been taking recent stage lately, helped by the recent introduction of long back zips on dresses that run from the bottom of the hem up to the neck and emphasise the curve of the buttocks. Here we go, no, here we go. This is all sounding really kind of, I know what you're doing, girls, yeah. you're making me perv on you. Yeah, but this is it. If you will forgive the expression... Now, what? Desmond Morris I never won't. wrote this. If you will forgive the expression, it is raining butts. What does that even mean? <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A40 heading towards London, there are two lanes closed after an accident at the Northern Roundabout. Severe delays there with solid queues already from Uxbridge, which are just adding to the normal morning delays there. Also in Luton, Dunstable Road heading eastbound has a lane closed after an accident at Wellington Street, looking very slow on the sensors there as well. And in Buckingham, there are roadworks causing delays on the A421. Queues in both directions between the A413 and the Gorkut roundabout. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And on public transport, the Piccadilly line has trains not running between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane after a signal failure. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 7.46, Monday the 10th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire County Council has told a man with motor neuron disease it can't afford to care for him in his own home. A road has been closed near Watford Railway Station because of fears it could collapse into a sinkhole. And a man will appear in court this morning accused of starting a fire at a mosque in Bletchley. 7.47, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, yesterday was the warmest day of the year so far. In fact, since last October. Today, it is a little bit different. We have remnants of a weather front moving south as we speak, bringing with it some more clouds. Still some bright spells at first this morning, particularly the further south you are. Uh, but eventually, that will be a rather cloudy picture. It means the temperature's not going to get quite as high as yesterday. And also, a northeasterly breeze will put an um, impact on the temperature as well. We're looking at a maximum later of maybe 9, 10 Celsius. Overnight, dry but cloudy. We're hanging on to the northeasterly breeze as well, but that will prevent the temperature getting down to zero. We're looking at a minimum of 3, maybe 4 Celsius. Tomorrow, the cloud around at first, but eventually it will start to melt away and we'll get some breaks in it, leading to some sunny spells tomorrow afternoon. A milder 12 Celsius expected then. That's 54 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise, and for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Now, bus stations are seldom a town's best feature. Usually they're grey and smelly and they stink a wee-wee. And Bedford's is no different, but that's all set to change once the current refurbishments are completed. In the meantime, the All Hallows Hallows multi-storey is closing for a month as of today. We can talk to the Liberal Democrat Mayor of Bedford, Dave Hodgson. Morning, Dave. Morning, Annie. Dave, what's happening with the uh, All Hallows multi-storey? Well, we've refurbished lots of the, um, the different um, levels, but obviously we've got to also do the, the ramp and the lifts, and therefore to do those, we're closing it um, so we can actually get that work done together. The ramp that you get up to the multi-storey car park, both the lift shaft, and there's a new disabled access lift shaft going into floor one as well. And is this, this is closing for a month, is it? That's correct, yes. What, what, uh, what impact do you think that's going to have on the surrounding area? Well, we've actually just opened two new car parks, the, the surface car park opposite and Preben Street, but we've told all the regular, uh, the people with um, season tickets, um, let them know, we let all the shops know. We've had posters up around the place. There's obviously posters there today. It will have an impact. We're hoping it will be minimal. Are you confident that you'll have this done uh, by the, the uh, Easter holiday? Well, so far the whole project's on, on, on their schedule, so yes, I mean, but uh, you've always got to touch wood when you say that. We're convinced we will do it, but uh, we'll work very hard to make sure it happens. Now, Dave, you're over- overhauling parts of Bedford Town Centre, which have been in need of updating for a while. I- is it frustrating that you haven't got a bit more cash available to thoroughly transform the whole area? You kind of answered your own question, haven't you there, Ian? Um, it's always frustrating you haven't got more cash. I thought everybody would like more cash. But we've actually managed to find a bit more in the budget um, to do the other side of the uh, the square, uh, to do the Thurlow Street as well. So we're actually um, relaying the, uh, the paving there and putting some new trees in as well. And at the very front, opposite Greyfars, we're better stop a new bus shelter um, there to make sure that everybody uh, has the benefit of this new bus station car park public toilets and all the rest we're doing around there. Dave, best of luck. I hope it all goes smoothly. Thanks very much, Ian. Thank you, Dave. There we go. Liberal Democrat Mayor of Bedford, Dave Hodgson. Now, it appears that there may have been an incident on Wellington Street in Luton. Our reporter, Sophie Solaria, is there now. Sophie, what, what can you see? What's happening? Hello. Hi, Ian. So, I'm on Wellington Street, where there's three fire engines, three ambulances and two police cars parked up outside of hairdressers here um, on the street. The traffic is now slowing a lot. Earlier on it wasn't affecting the traffic. Now that it's rush hour, of course it is. Uh, traffic's piled up from uh, Berry Park and Dunstable heading towards uh, the airport on Wellington Street. I've just spoken to a fire officer who has just confirmed the situation. Essentially a man fell uh, from a roof at the back of his house down into a hole. Uh, the reason there's so many resources, I've been told, is because his uh, they didn't realise the circumstances. They were worried that perhaps it would be a burglar or something think awful. Turns out the man was drunk. He, sorry, he fell off the roof of his house into a hole? Yeah, that is his, <laughs> that's exactly what I have been told this morning by Gosh. both a police officer and I have had it confirmed by the um, firefighter that was just about to head into the building. Do we know the condition of the gentleman involved? Yes, we know that he's fine. The ambulance is waiting for him to be removed, but he he is he is in perfect working order, okay. I've been told so far. But, but it's, it's, uh, those vehicles must be causing a bit of traffic chaos, particularly at 10 to 8 in the morning. It is chaos here now, Ian, and I did say uh, to Kath earlier that it was fine. No, the traffic's fine. No, the traffic is not fine. The traffic is bad. If you are leaving and heading to the airport or anywhere in that direction this morning from Dunstable, Berry Park area, then, uh, yeah, 
you best leave a little have, bit of time. Have the police given you any indication of, of when they'll be moving on so that the roads can clear up a bit? Okay, so where I, what I heard just then was... So, yeah, say that again. Have, you, uh, have the police told you when yeah. they might be moving on? Uh, no, they've, well, one of the police officers has now left because it's not a police matter, but until they get the guy out, I don't think there'll be much movement for the, at least the next half an hour. OK, Sophie, thank you very much indeed. Sophie Solaria live on uh, the scene where a drunk man has fallen off a roof into a hole in his garden. Why would you have a hole in your garden? Uh, let's do some texts, shall we? Let me have a little look. Uh, Ian says, Chris and Milton Keynes, you should play Express Bingo. And see how quickly the Express recycles headlines and topics. See how quickly you get all of the following. Immigration, the BBC, Diana, Maddie, house prices, the weather, miracle cures and advertising their own products. They do it a lot. And what, also what I've noticed, reading the papers every day, the Express and the Mail will steal each other's stories, will borrow each other's stories. So one day the Express will do a story, the Mail will do it the next day and vice versa. Happens a lot. Now, we've been speaking uh, this morning uh, about a gentleman called uh, Glenn Phillips, who has motor neurones disease. He is dying. He will die because of it. And he wants to spend his last few days, last few years, however long it's going to be, in his own home. The council have said that's not possible and uh, that he'll probably have to move into a care home. On Facebook, Jenny says, what a desperately sad story. I have sincere sympathy for him. However, whilst he is just one man, there must be many others in a similar position. And councils cannot afford to provide that level of care for individuals. We would all prefer to be nursed or have palliative care provided for us in the warmth and familiarity of our own homes. But resources are unfortunately limited and best concentrated in areas with the expertise and personnel to cope. My very best wishes to Glenn and his family and friends at this difficult time. There's also a text on this. Leslie says, it's not just the money. The carers of whom there is a shortage could be used elsewhere. People cannot always have exactly what they want. Jane Janelsby, morning Jane. Morning Ian. What would you like to say on this? Um, my brother's father-in-law um, had motor neuron disease and he had nurses going every day, twice a day, for about four or five months. Um, and he died at home. But it's possible. Um, it all depends what county you're in. I mean, they live in Bedfordshire. Mm. Um, and um, I don't think, Jane, that many counts. Was there someone living with with? Uh... His wife was still alive, right? Um, and I think that one made a difference because I think Glenn is living on his own. Oh, is he? And I think right. I think that's the thing. If you've got a partner who can help with the care, yeah, then that that would make that would make a big difference. I didn't know he. Yeah, had, I didn't know he was. Who do you think should pay for it, Jane? Should 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 he be able to stay in his own home at whatever cost, or is the council right to try and save seven hundred and fifty quid a week by asking him to move into a care home? It's difficult one to say. It's difficult. It's I tough, isn't it? I, I it would hate tough. to be the person in it the council tough. who has to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't know he was on his own. Um, but uh, my brother-in-law's wife um, obviously was distraught because it won't have found out. But, um, yeah, but because his wife was still alive. Um, and she was quite, she was quite, um, for, for 75 at the time, she was... Um, quite capable of doing quite a lot of things for him. Yeah. Um, but it, he did die at home, but he did have his wife there 
So it was it was quite it's quite a different case, I suppose. Jane, I appreciate your call and your story. Thank you. And it is a tough one, isn't it? And man alive. I would hate to be the person in the council who has to make decisions like that. Be awful. What do you think? Should someone in Glenn's position be allowed to die at home, even if it costs more money, that the council is paying for? Bearing in mind, there are a shortage of carers, as as Leslie uh, Leslie in Watford uh, texted him. Councils are having to make cutbacks everywhere. And uh, it would be cheaper, 750 quid a week cheaper, for this gentleman to move into a care home. So who's... It's horrible, isn't it? And part of me is coming down on the side of the care uh, the side of the council on this one. Now this is only because I've had to move my mum into a care home through a similar situation. We kind of decided it was for the best thing for her and the council said look we can't provide the care that she needs um and we're going to we will have to stop it at some point. So we moved mum into a care home. Horrible decision. Hated it. Hated the council for ages after that. Still do a bit because well there are other things going on but uh it was ultimately, it was the best decision for her because she, I know she's safe, I know she's looked after, I know she's fed, I know she's clean. All of these things. 08459 455 555. Should anyone have the right to stay at home to live out their last years, whatever the cost? Or do we have to be a little bit, I don't know, realistic, colder, and make decisions based purely on finance? Do give us a call with your thoughts. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr or you can send me a text 
nursing home and um, although I'm sure that he would receive perfect care there, it doesn't well, it pales into insignificance when thinking of, of remaining in your own home, when, when you can do that perfectly well, given the care that he requires. A road has been cl- closed near Watford Station because of fears it may collapse. Investigation work on a void that's appeared on St John's Road is expected to last at least four days. A search is continuing for the Malaysia Airlines plane which disappeared with more than 200 people on board. Part of the investigation is focusing on two people who booked seats on the flight using stolen passports. Professor Anthony Gleese from the Centre for Security and Intelligence Studies at the University of Buckingham says that throws up more questions. If, if this was a terrorist attack or a terrorist bomb that went off, maybe went off at the wrong time, then the most likely group of people responsible for this would be the Chinese Uyghurs. These are Islamists who come from northern China. However, they would not be using passports of people from Austria or people from Italy. Presumably the photographs were in there. Labour says it will fund a scheme offering a guaranteed job to young unemployed people if it wins the next general election. Those aged 18 to 25 who've been out of work for a year or more would be offered 25 hours work a week on the minimum wage. Parents in Wheathampstead whose children have failed to get into their four chosen secondary schools have criticised Hertfordshire County Council for not solving the problem. One in five children in the village have been affected this year. But David Johnston from Wheathampstead Parish Council told Ian Lee they're not happy about plans to build a new school either. Located on the Low Luton Road, it's going to exacerbate traffic problems. It's also clustering the schools on the east side of Harpenden. And the east side uh, is fine, except to get to that school, people are going to have to cross the river and there are limited river crossings. So all in all, it's not the best site. In sport, Britain's Kelly Gallagher has won Britain's first ever winter Paralympic gold in the Super G. Downhill silver medalist Jade Etherington won bronze for her second medal of the competition. The weather today will be dry but cloudier than yesterday. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius. That's 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. A very friendly place. Hasn't been really spoiled. All this week, we're featuring Wheat Hampstead. The community is just so cohesive, it does so much together. Some of the parts are very pretty and semi-rural, so um, it's generally it's an attractive place. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week, featuring Wheat Hampstead. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, lots to talk about. I may read more from Desmond Morris's uh, pay to bottoms a little bit later on. I mean, really, Desmond Morris has written the most incredible article in The Sun about bottoms. I'm not convinced he's written all of it. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't strike me as Mr Morris's language. If you will forgive the expression, it's raining butts. The bootylicious Beyonce. Desmond Morris doesn't know who Beyonce is, does he? Does he? talk about that a bit later on what parts of your body have you shaved careful it's only because i shaved my ears at the weekend i know i know i know and slightly more serious subjects including the story of glenn phillips 
got motor neurone disease. He wants the right to die in his own home. But the council have said no. He has to move into a care home. Well, who's right here? If you want to get in touch, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a phone call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire man with motor neurone disease is facing a battle to spend what's left of his life in his own home. Glenn Phillips from Bushy was diagnosed in 2011 and needs around-the-clock care to be able to stay in his bungalow. But emergency funding from the council to help provide this runs out on Wednesday. Well, Glenn uh, told our reporter, Matt Lockwood, the uncertainty over what will happen next worries him. One of the main problems is it's really hard to cope with having a terminal illness. I have to constantly think about dying, and that is really hard. So not to know what is happening with my care is even more stressful. (laughs) How often does that cross your mind during the day? I think about it almost all the time. Um, I'm trying to have some quality of life. But... (coughs) It's okay. It's okay. Take your time. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. I can't imagine what you're going through then. I really can't. But I suppose your message is... Sorry, Joe. Joe, you know, you're looking after him today... Um, you know, you're his friend, you're providing that emotional support for him. This needs sorting out, doesn't it, Joe? Well, I think that when when you're in a situation like Glenn, and fortunately not many people are, um, it's just... Um, words are, are... You can't find the words to describe how, you know, he must be feeling. And uh, not only coping with this dreadful... Um, relentless disease but you know basic stuff that we all take for granted like um getting to bed at night going to the loo in the night getting up in the morning you know every function of glenn's life has been taken away from him and he relies on somebody to to either do it for him or help him um that's just a a dreadful place to be um trapped in your own body um with no wherewithal to make yourself move and do what you want to do. But he seems determined to keep on fighting, don't you, Glenn? You're not going to let this get you down too much, are you? No. I'm doing everything I can to be as strong as I can. Well, it's a credit to you that you're keeping on going and fighting this, and obviously you rely very much on Jo to to help you and her, her emotional support. How much does that mean to you? Oh, everything. Oh, dear, you can't help but be touched by that. Thank you, Matt Lockwood, uh, for that very powerful report. It's him speaking to Glenn Phillips and uh, Glenn's friend, Joe. Well, we can talk now to Karen Pearce, the Director of Care for the Motor Neurone Disease Association. Morning, Karen. Good morning. How did you first become involved in Glenn's case? 
Um, as, as the director of care, I'm responsible for supporting all of our regional teams um, uh, across uh, the south of the country. Uh, and I was uh, heard about Glenn through his uh, local care advisor and also through the local volunteer who supports Glenn. And what kind of help are you, are you able to offer? Um, the association are able to offer help in a, in a few ways. Um, as I've already, already mentioned, we can support uh, through volunteers who visit people with MND in their homes to offer support, a listening ear, and help uh, link to the statutory services. But also we have um, a, a, an equipment loan service uh, for certain types of equipment, and we are able to offer, offer a limited amount of, of uh, uh, financial support uh, through grants to people with MND. Let's just go back a second. Can, can you explain, for those who don't know, what, what motor neuron disease is and, and, and who gets it and how it can affect people? Okay. It, uh, motor neuron disease is, is a rare disease. It affects about two in every 100,000 uh, people. But you'll only know of about seven in 100,000 with the disease. So it's very rare. It affects the nerves that um, help us move or make us move. So Ultimately, those nerves die, and it robs us of the ability to eat, breathe, um, walk, talk, um, and there is no really effective treatment, and there is no known cure. Uh, and for people with MND, about 50% of them uh, will die within 14 months of their diagnosis. Gosh, really? That quickly? That quickly. And, and, and what is it that kills them? Is it, is it their, their, their breath stopping, their heart stopping? How do they normally die? Um, it can be very. It can be varied. Uh, the majority of people uh, will die from what we call respiratory failure. So mm. they'll gradually stop breathing uh, and and they'll they'll pass away um, uh, that way. And the, the the thing that I'm really keen to to kind of highlight is that it's a physical thing. Mentally, that person is still there, aren't they? In the majority of cases, um, uh, there is no effect to, to people's cognition, their understanding. Um, there is a, a small percentage between 5 and 10% or 5 and 50% that have varying amounts of, of, of cognition uh, changes, but that's, it's, it's a, a smaller number of people. Now, the, Glenn had a fall recently, um, uh, and uh, I think he whacked his head. He would be better off in a nursing home, wouldn't he? Um, well, actually, I wouldn't agree. Um, okay. Glenn is fighting really hard to, to, to maintain his independence um, for a, a, an illness that is robbing you of absolutely every bit of your independence. Um, Glenn's passion to, to uh, maintain his quality of life, to, look, uh, to manage his care in his own home, I think is, is commendable, and we should support that, and statutory services should support that. He's already had to move out of his own three-bedroom house into mm. a, a single-bedroom accommodation, and it's just very sad that mm. statutory services haven't um, thought ahead about what Glenn's needs might be, which will be over you know, a, a pretty short period of time, and thought about perhaps a two-bedroom um, uh, uh, accommodation so that he could actually have carers living in with him. I suppose the thing, and I, I feel awful even suggesting this, Karen, but I, I guess it comes down, it comes down to money, doesn't it? And, and we've heard that the, the council by... Well, it sounds so cold saying this, let's just say it. The council would save about £750 a week if Glenn were to move into a, into a care home. Um... 
obviously there are pressures on all statutory bodies and there are also pressures on, on voluntary bodies who are reliant on, on, on income from voluntary giving. So the association have supported Glenn to a certain degree um, and, and that would be a limited uh, amount of support we can give. However, Glenn will have the right to ask for a personal health budget from the 1st of April and I really hope that statutory services think about that personalisation agenda, the ability to actually manage uh, his care himself and to, to consider um, when he has uh, an assessment for continuing health care which I believe is happening on Wednesday. Mm that he has got a progressive condition. At the moment, he needs social care, but he will need more than that in a pretty swift length of time. So rather than going through numerous numbers of assessments, it would be really helpful if um, the statutory services can think just a little bit ahead uh, and consider a personal health budget so that uh, Glenn can manage his care for himself uh, and maintain his quality of life for as long as possible. Karen, really nice to talk to you. Thank you very much. You've... Uh Certainly could a few things up in my head. Karen Piss uh, from the Motor Neuron Disease Association. I would just... I, I, I felt very uncomfortable ask, asking those questions. And also, it, I, it, 14 months from diagnosis, most people pass away. That's yeah. nothing, is it? Yeah. Very sad. Max in Milton Keynes. Morning, Mac. Hello. Mac, what would you like to say? Uh, well, I'd say just by saying that I really feel for Glenn. It was really distressing listening to him before. I really feel for him. I've got a condition. I've got an incurable cancer condition of the marrowbone. I've got angina throughout my whole body. I was not getting help from anybody. Uh, my sister actually went on the website and got me in my boob. I'm paying £104 a month. I get a care worker who comes in who gets paid direct by disability. I get disability premium, which more than enough covers, uh, because I've got um, an illness that is not going to suffice me in the future. It's going to kill me. So you get paid for that. There is a lot of organisations out there. I would really like to um, put some feedback to you later on, if you like, give you some names, etc. Well, send us an email if you can. I Mac. definitely will. I mean, Mac, you, you mentioned that your um, cancer is, is terminal. Terminal, yeah. Do you have any idea how long... What, what, what's the prognosis? I've been, given, I've been given 24 months. It's cancer, the marrow bone is incurable. And when you're told that, when you're given a date, <laughs> how do you respond to that? How do you respond how to that? How does your brain even take that in? And you start looking at your kids and you just break out crying. It's... You, you, can't, you can't think about it. It's... You, the whole... Put it this way, you're looking outside, say there's a car going past you, but that does not look like a car. You're going to be wondering what that car looks like in two years' time. It's very distressful. You can't put, you can't put anything to that question. I'm sorry. Mac, don't apologise. I'm, I'm sorry if I've upset you by asking. I really appreciate your call. If you can send me an email later on, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk with, with some of those names and, and uh, organisations. Excellent. I definitely will. Thank you, mate. I appreciate uh, your call. Glenn all, all the best luck in the future. Thank you, mate. You go and give your kids a big hug and tell them that you love them. Right. Oh, dear. 08459 455 555. It's 816. Let's get the travel now with Alice. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The A40 London bound is now closed from the Northern Roundabout. Severe delays on the approach from the Denham Roundabout. Also in Luton, Dunstable Road eastbound has a lane closed after an accident at Wellington Street. Uh, it's causing delays in the surrounding area. In Quainton, the Strand is closed after an accident around the Station Road. Expect delays there. And also in Buckingham, there are roadworks with temporary traffic lights causing delays on the A421. Queues in both directions between the A413 and the Gorkut roundabout. On public transport, the Piccadilly line now has severe delays between Uxbridge and Rainers Lane after a signal failure. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. It's 8.17. It's uh, Monday the 10th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire County Council has told a man with motor neuron disease it can't afford to care for him in his own home. A road has been cleared near Watford Railway Station because of fears it could collapse into a sinkhole. And Britain has won its first ever Winter Paralympic gold medal. The weather today, dry but cloudier than yesterday. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow night, the top two in the conference go head-to-head. Still bend there, Andre Gray, and scores! Oh, it's so, so easy for Andre Gray! Luton make the short trip to Cambridge, knowing a win will extend their advantage over their nearest rivals. And I know that if I can just keep things as they are, we give ourselves the best opportunity, and that's what I want to do. We'll also have commentary on Watford, MK Dons and Stevenage. And that one does find the net. All four games live in three-counted sports. Jimmy goes to the top corner, what a goal, that is! Tomorrow night from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Hello there. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Did you have a nice weekend? Gorgeous, actually. Yeah. Wasn't the weather wonderful? Truly gorgeous weekend. Yeah, yeah. The people, you, mind you, you're normally a moaner about the weather. You like it cold and wet. I and do miserable. like it cold, but I had a wonderful day on Friday. I, was, I went to Birmingham, and I like Birmingham actually. I like it a lot. And just strolling through the streets of Birmingham with a, a coffee in one hand and the sun beaming down, it was really nice. It, it, it kind of made people. I'm hoping it goes soon and we get some snow. Oh, don't be silly. But it was it was really it was very very nice. I went to the pictures in the afternoon. I came out. I was still light and warm. It was wonderful. Wonderful. wonderful we are uh, we're on that downhill slope now to uh, to good life <laughs> Well, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah, Summer it is. is good life. Winter, no. depressing life. No, win- winter, winter, good life too. No, winter, good life. Summer, okay. I life. don't enjoy life in the winter. Well, you just go away anyway. Well, I try to. Yeah, if I could, I'd go away for the whole winter. Oh, I like the sun shining. I went out a couple of times this week on the old uh, day tripper bike. Oh, did you, oh, you're enjoying yes. your bicycle, aren't you? Oh, yes. Did not three hurt your, 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 your... Three. Your buttocks and your calf muscles. That's the things that always go for me. No. Wow. No, no. My seat has got uh, suspension springs on it. Wowzers. So you can kind of bounce on He's it. He's bouncing in front of me. As he <laughs> says it. I, I, I can imagine what you bouncing looks like. Really? You, you didn't need to act it out, but thank you. I look like a first-class Wally on my bike. I'll level with you, because I wear this helmet... We're, Good. Mind you, can I tell you about my helmet? Because... Well, I don't know. Can, can Jonathan tell me about his helmet? Is, he, is he allowed to tell me about his helmet, Kelly? I suppose. OK. I'll tell you what's happened. I left my helmet in the garage it this happens. winter. Yes, it happens. I left it out there. Yeah. And it's gone a bit mouldy. Oh, dear. And now when I wear it, it yeah. makes my head smell. It would do. <laughs> Jonathan's Jonathan's mouldy helmet. <laughs> I took it off yeah. on Saturday. I thought, what's that horrible smell? It was me. It was your head. It was my head. Because of your mouldy helmet. What do you? What can you do with that? Though? Give it a good scrub. 
We can't scrub it. What, your helmet? It's got, like, um, these kind of fabric pads that yeah, go well, in there. It will, to... it will dry. Give that... it a good scrub and then leave it out in the sunshine to dry. Really? Yeah, oh, definitely. Okay. Well, I'll do that. Definitely. Because it does stinks. Your head smells a bit... Does it? Well, not now it won't. Well, it does a bit. Really? A bit mouldy. My head smells mouldy today. Oh, don't be silly. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine. Are parents always to blame if a child truants from school? You've seen this story in the Times today. Parents whose children play truant from school could have their child benefit cut, according to a plan being considered for inclusion in the Conservative manifesto. Michael Gove hopes that a tough stance on education reform will appeal to voters at the next election. The Liberal Democrats, they're thought to oppose such a move. But what about you? This morning, I want your views from nine today. Are parents always to blame if a child truants from school? And if you think they are, do you think this idea of a financial... uh, a punishment, a fine to the parents, or, if necessary, taking away some of their benefits to force them to get their children to school. Is that a good idea? 08459 555. Your views from nine. I'm pulling faces because I don't know the answer to that one. I, I, I'm struggling to find a yes or no. I mean, some parents... I stayed in a hotel in Birmingham. Now, all the hotels were booked up because of Crufts. Right. And the hotel I normally would pay £25.64 wanted £95. I thought, <gasps> I'm not having that. So I stayed in a hotel that was £35. It was awful. I've just written a, a horrible review for them on TripAdvisor. It was disgusting. Mm. And as I was checking in, there was a woman, a mother, holding a baby. And she was complaining that she believed someone had been smoking in her room. And the guy's going, no one smokes in the room. And she went, right, I'm peed off now, but in a Brummie accent. Mm. I'm peed off. This is effing disgusting. I'm going to go to the... And she's holding her baby mm. the whole time. Parents like that should be fined. Right. Doesn't really tally up with what you I were saying. I say, I'm just trying to work out. But you're right. I mean, parents who swear and use foul language yeah. in front of... Do you know, that's what's making me mad. You know they keep wheeling this white D woman out from oh, Benefit Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. white D... And she's appearing on everything. They're putting her on this morning. Has everyone forgotten the appalling language that woman was using in front yeah. of her own children? Effing and blinding. Her own ch- Her little boy outside in the street mixing with people who are doing drugs and she said oh yeah well he's known about cannabis since he was five Mm. she should be ashamed of herself and instead they're wheeling her out as if she's some kind of beacon of all those who are living on benefits i bet you now big brother starts again in the summer i bet she'll be in slip oh don't even start bet she will be well someone needs to remind her about her appalling language in front of her children Rotty. Well, we've got off on a tangent, but I feel we've both got something out of our we'll systems. We'll bring it back by nine. Are parents always to blame if a child truants from school? Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459-455-555 is the phone number. Now the big tour is back. The big tour is back, and this week we're focusing on Wheathampstead in Hertfordshire, where parents whose children have failed to secure a place at any of their four chosen secondary schools have been telling us the county council should have seen it coming. One in five children in the village have been affected this year, and locals say the issue has been going on for years. Well, this is what one angry mum told our reporter Tara Gungafal. Her daughter hasn't been offered a place at any of the schools she wanted to go to. This happens every year in Wheathampstead. Every year, and it doesn't matter how much we say to you know the, the powers that be this happens every year and every year there are children that have to go to school the next day with the disappointment of not knowing where, which school they're going to and what does your daughter think of the decision she's in pieces she's absolutely gutted 
she has a, a family member that lived in Kempton and two years ago he was allocated a school in Luton and he didn't receive a school place until the November of that academic year and she is absolutely terrified that that is going to happen to her and it had a huge impact on that child because he missed out on all the the things that you get when you start at start at school you know all the bonding with all the new classmates and she's terrified that that's going to happen to her what's the point you might they might as well just play pin the tail on the donkey and close her eyes blindfold wherever the pin lands in the kids school what's the point of giving them a choice when they don't get any of the schools that they choose if you could have a meeting with the head of uh, education at Hertfordshire <laughs> county council right now what would you say to them oh i couldn't say that on radio <laughs> <laughs> that would uh, that would upset a lot of people, especially people with delicate ears. Well, we can talk now to Conservative Councillor Chris Hayward, who's the Deputy Leader of Hearts County Council and the Cabinet Member for Education. Bit of a mess, isn't it, Chris? Uh, well, uh, certainly this is only the beginning, let's be absolutely clear. This is a stressful time for families when they get uh, the news of whether they've got their ranked school or not. Um, but it is only the beginning of the, of the process because, um, for example, this year 37 uh, children in the Wheat Hampstead area have not got a ranked place. But that's actually way down from the past two years where we had 51 and, 60, uh, 51 and 61 in the previous two years. So what but, happens to those 30-odd kids well, and they, families? They can go two things can happen. One, they can go on the continuing interest list, and what that effectively means is that there are a number of people who will have been allocated a place in Wheat Hampstead, but who do not take up that place because they actually go to the independent sector. And what we say to those people is, if you're going to go to the independent sector, release that place now so that somebody who's on the continuing interest list can actually take that place. And the result of that, and I have to make this clear, over the past three years, is that most children, most children in Wheat Hampstead, have actually got one of their ranked places. Alternatively, the parents can actually appeal um, against um, the, the decision of the school because I ought to make it clear, the county council um, are not actually the admissions authority. The schools themselves set their own admissions criteria these days and administer them. We merely coordinate it. So there is an appeals process, appeals panel, which will consider whether or not a child's particular needs and circumstances should overrule the decision of that particular school and they should be allowed there. So there's two routes still to go. So this is the beginning of the process, very much not the end. We've heard from uh, lots of parents, residents in Wheat Hampstead, one or two of the nearby villages, Kimpton and St Paul's Walden, that they, they feel the current system is unfair and they're getting a raw deal year after year. Well, look, it's certainly true that we need an additional uh, secondary school in the area. And the County Council uh, has realised this, uh, our forecasting. And remember, when you, when you forecast pupils, you know, it's an art, not a science. But all our forecasting has told us we do need an additional secondary school. And we are currently analysing a number of sites um, in, in, in the Wheat Hampstead area uh, for a new school site. This takes time. We have to, we have to assess their suitability from traffic purposes uh, and a Eventually, we will put in a planning permission um, and then potentially a compulsory purchase order of the, the land that we want, um, and a free school could be built there. But to be, the bottom line is that's not going to happen before September 2017. So in that period, up until 2017, there will always be this period, once the initial allocations come out, until the, the beginning of the school year, when there are worried parents out there. And all I say to them is keep the faith and, and do continue on the continuing interest list and do go and look at the school you've been allocated 
allocated. Because many parents, when they do go and see the school they've been allocated, actually are pleasantly surprised. Oh, but it's not just the, the school, is it? It's also the distance that they, they, the kids would have to travel. Yeah, of course. I mean, distance is a consideration, and we understand. We don't want children to have to travel further to a school that, that, than they need to. And, of course, we have a statutory responsibility, a government responsibility, to actually allocate a child a place, any Hertfordshire child, a place in a school. Obviously, we want those places to be as close to, the, to their homes as possible. Um, and, and we work very hard at that. And our success rate, let's be clear, our success rate in Hertfordshire is very high in comparison to many other counties. Chris, thank you for your time. Chris Hayward, uh, Conservative Councillor, Deputy Leader of Hearts County Council, 08459 555555 is the phone number. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ongoing problems on the A40 London bound. It's closed from the northern roundabout. Uh, severe delays there, all back from the Denham roundabout. And in Luton, the Dunstable Road eastbound has a lane closed after an accident at Wellington Street. It's causing queues on the A6 on the Leegrave Road and also Hatters Way, so really congested in the area. In Quayton, the Strand is closed after an accident around Station Road. And also in Buckingham, there are roadworks causing delays on the A421. Queues in both directions there on the approaches. And the M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Last 30 minutes of the show before JVS, it's pretty much a free-for-all. Some of the things we talked about are when were you last had a bath? When were you last had a bath? That's almost English. It's early. What bits of your body have you shaved? Steady, please. And according to Nick Clegg, queuing and wearing shorts makes us British. What do you think makes us British? 08459 555. Let's get the latest news and sport now with Lee Agnew. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight. The headlines, a man with motor neurone disease has been told by Hertfordshire County Council that it's too expensive to provide care in his own home. 48-year-old Glenn Phillips from Bushy may now have to live in a care home. A road has been closed near Watford Station because of fears it may collapse into a sinkhole. Investigation work is expected to take place on St John's Road for at least four days. And parents in Wheathampstead, whose children have failed to get into their four chosen secondary schools, have criticised Hertfordshire County Council Council for not dealing with the problem. One in five children in the village have been affected this year. The weather today will be dry but cloudier than yesterday. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius. That's 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rugby first in England, Ireland and France are level on points in the Six Nations Championship going into the final round of matches next weekend. England beat Wales to take the triple crown and try scorer Danny Kerr paid tribute to head coach Stuart Lancaster. I think Stuart's got some fantastic foundations in place, he's got some great coaches and, and he's working with some fantastic players and you know a, a group of players that are well grounded, looking looking to work hard uh, and, and win games and, get, and be successful and hopefully we just keep going on that way. 
FA Cup holders Wigan are through to the semi-final of the FA Cup after another shock win over Manchester City. And Hull City are through to the semi-final for the first time since 1930 after a 3-0 win against Sunderland. The MK Dons will sign midfielder Mark Randall today. The former Arsenal youngster had a loan spell at Stadium MK four years ago and is a free agent after a period playing in Italy. Manager Carl Robinson is pleased to have him on board. He's got a very, very small contract to prove himself that might be off the pitch might be off the bench it might be starting it might be in the training ground but I've given an opportunity another opportunity in his life we've done that to Ryan Hall we keep doing it we keep giving these people's opportunities it's only then up to them because very rarely do you get two chances in any walk of life and these and he now given being given a second chance very few get the first but to get two count yourself as being lucky Luton Town are now 15 points ahead of Cambridge at the top of the conference. The sides play each other tomorrow night. And Kelly Gallagher has won Britain's first ever Winter Paralympic gold with victory in the Super G event in Sochi. The 28-year-old and her guide were the first skiers out on the course and then watched as the rest of their field failed to beat her time. There's been a lot of hype and a lot of stuff around us, like pressure and expectation, and maybe we'd let a little bit of that into it. And today we were just like, come on, like just ski, see what happens. I really have to thank Charlotte, definitely, because I was, like, sitting on my bed yesterday being like, I don't even want to ski anymore. I'm just, like, done with this. Come on, like, you're a fighter. Let's go. And it was fun. It was really good. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at nine o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've been talking uh, about Glenn Phillips from Bushy. He's got uh, motor neurone disease and he's fighting to live out the rest of his life in his own home. Uh, he needs round-the-clock care to be able to stay in his bungalow. He's been getting that, but following a recent fall, the county council says it can only afford that level of care until Wednesday. They then want him to move into a care home. The county council would save about 750 quid a week. Man alive, I'm glad I'm not the person that has to make those decisions. And as cold and as cruel as it may sound, those decisions have to be made. But what do you think? Should someone in Glenn's position be allowed to live out their life in their their own home? Even if the council are paying for it. Well, Leslie Ralston is the chair of the South Hearts Motor Neurone Disease Association. Morning, Leslie. Hello there, Ian. Leslie, what do you think about this situation? Um, Well, first of all, I'd like to say that this is a very, very unusual case of motor neurone disease. Glenn has, as has already been said, has no relatives, and that's very unusual, who live near him, who can help him. Um, So he's totally on his own, and I don't think people really understand, even from the information that has been given on the radio this morning, um, it's been clinical facts. I know about motor neurone disease um, from the perspective that I looked after my husband who had it and died after two years. Um, It's one of the most awful things that can possibly happen to you. You have no control. You don't know which part of your body is going to be affected. It's unpredictable. Some people, as has been said, die within 14 months of their diagnosis. In Glenn's case, his mobility is very badly affected. He can't use his hands. He can't use his arms. Um, He's falling. He needs full-time care. And the other thing that I would like to say is that Glenn has a fantastic carer who is a qualified carer and she has some friends who are also qualified carers who who have said that they will step in to look after Glenn if necessary and it would be a lot, lot less than the council agency that they insist on using. Um, The other thing is that the council and social services have known for a whole month 
about this decision that needs to be made, and they've done nothing about it. The Motor Neurone Disease Association stepped in, and they paid the nighttime care money while this decision was going to be made. That came to an end last night, would you believe, and they haven't had any meetings about it. It's not going to be decided until Wednesday. So this poor man is at home not knowing what's going to happen to him in two days' time. If Glenn uh, uh, needs so much care, then Mm -hmm. he would be better off in a care home, wouldn't he, where he can be looked after 24 hours a day, he can be fed, he can be toiletted, he can be showered, he can be be monitored to make sure that he doesn't fall. Because if he fell fell on the wrong wrong way, he could could kill himself falling, couldn't he? There's a word that springs to mind when you talk like that, and that is dignity. He's in his 40s. He knows he's going to die. He's already on the way to that. Why should he be palmed off into a a home which is probably going to be full of older, much older people than him, when everything is in place for him to be looked after? And I'm sure if Glenn is listening, he won't mind me saying he may not have very much time left. Why should we push him into a home and get rid of him? Why should we solve the problem by doing that to this poor man? Well, a couple of points, if you don't, if you yeah. don't mind me oh, saying. Uh, my, my mum's in the care home, and she's 63. They're not all full of old people. I think, I know, that, I I think know, that's a I myth. It's not. a myth to suggest that they are. There are lots of people in their, their 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s in, in, in care homes because of this. So I think that's a little bit um, of a myth to spread around. But it, it, it's about his safety, and dignity, of course, is very important. But it's about safety as well, isn't it, Leslie? It is about safety. You're absolutely right, particularly so in a disease like motor neurone disease. But these people are are all set up to come and look after him, give him 24-hour care. There would would be no point him moving into a bigger flat because the carer needs to sleep as well. Glenn needs a carer who can be awake all night with him. Um, As I say, it would be cheaper to go down the route that he's on at the moment. It would probably be a lot cheaper for the council or the social services, if he was able to have these carers who are lined up, who um, all know him, because they've all cared for him throughout the sort of 18 months or so that he's needed a carer. And, you know, it's not just about money. He's, he's worked all his life. He's paid his taxes. Um, I know that things are difficult at the moment, but we're not looking at years here. We're mm-hmm. looking at months. Um, and the stress of moving into a care home, of losing his familiar surroundings. Um, He has no control. The loss of control is another dreadful thing about motor neurone disease. And all these people are running around making decisions about him, and he's not really. He feels out of control. Leslie, I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. Leslie Ralston, chair of the South Hearts Motor Neurone Disease Association. I'm not being argumentative for argumentative's sake just trying to look at this in in a completely rounded way and i do feel that i have got a little bit of insight not not masses not particularly in this situation but certainly in the, in having to make the decision of 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 uh, encouraging someone to move into a care home when they're younger and 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 uh, it, it is a slight myth care homes are full of old people yes some of them are but i would imagine if glenn were to move into a care home it would be one that was appropriate and hopefully, can't guarantee it, but hopefully there would be younger people in, 40s, 50s, 60s.
I'm not saying that's what I think. I'm not saying it's the best way. I'm just kind of... I'm trying to look at this from all possible angles. And there's no obvious or easy answer, is there? Really? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. You've got to make the decision, okay? You're the person who has to make the decision. What decision do you make? Do you keep Glenn in his home? Knowing, let's speak frankly, it's not going to be for long, but it's going to cost you more money? Or do you move him into a care home that's going to save you money? Your decision. What decision do you make? 08459 455 555. Glenn's in Heath and Reach. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. All right. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm confused by this one. It's a tough one to talk about. What do you think? Well, it's sad, but I think, I know when my dad was uh, dying of leukaemia, well, in fact, he died of a chest infection, I think one of the things he said to my mum was that um, it's the memories around the home, and he didn't want to be in a a care home on his last few days. Uh, Unfortunately, he did have to go in. This is is a tough one. Um, It all, for me, it all took... Falls down to to money all the time. It's always the same things. Is gonna, what's it going to cost us? The guy's probably worked all his life and he's paid his national insurance, so he should be entitled to whatever he wants. That's my point. The thing is, if you do that for him, there are so many other people in similar situations with different conditions, with MND, with MS, with different conditions that would then demand the same thing and i i don't know glenn if if the money is there to support all of those people hmm. well like you say it is difficult isn't it it is a, it, i mean it's, it's such a tough one there isn't really a right or wrong answer i don't as far as i can tell and um i, I i'm so glad i'm not in the position of having to make this decision but yes in, in an ideal world we should be caring we should be able to provide the care that everyone needs and let them die where they want to die yeah but there are so many people glenn that need this help that we haven't got the money to fund it, I don't think. No. It is sad. And, and I've said to Catherine, I share the same surname as this guy as well. Oh, you've got the same name. There's only three Glenn Phillipses. One's a rock guitarist, one's myself and... One's the other and fella. That poor, and that poor, poor guy, yeah. Glenn, I really appreciate your, your, your call and I appreciate you kind of um, helping me d- develop my thoughts on this. Because I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Lynn can take us further. Morning, Hello. Lynn. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm confused by this one, Lynn. I really am. It's, I it's a tough are, one. I, I think you're doing a wonderful job. I don't think any of the questions you've asked are inappropriate at I, all. I'm trying to get my head around it as sensitively as I can. What are your thoughts on it? Well, A, I feel desperately sorry for Glenn. I know how hard it is. Um, I feel that money is always a consideration... I think when somebody's got a very life-limiting illness, as you or somebody else said, it's not going to be for a long time. Now, my partner died 13 years ago. This really pertains to your question about how long has somebody got. Yeah. Um, my partner died, well, it'd be 13 years ago. We were together 23 years. He was in hospital, and I was told from day one, he'd be lucky if he made that day. It lasted three months in the end, which was horrendous. Mm. Um, And he was in total denial the whole time. And because he wouldn't let the doctors tell him how long he had, they wouldn't tell me. 
Okay, right, of course, patient confidentiality. Exactly. Oh, and they dear. Said, and I did say to them, well, you're not the one, to be fair, that needs to know, because I need to know, because, you know, I've been with him 23 years, I have to have some idea. But I know when he was in hospital, and it was horrible, because he was in total denial, mm. was rude to all the hospital staff, asking blinded at them. I went, ended up seeing him for about three months in and out of hospital, mostly in, and he totally ignored me for three months. I'd sit there for eight, nine hours. He wouldn't talk to me, wouldn't discuss it. And that must finally, have, how was that for you, Lynn? That must have been incredibly it was tough. absolutely horrific. And if his friends went in, he'd talk to them. He'd pretend he was all right. And I know a few of them did say to him, you know how cruel you're being. And he used to just shut off, so... And then finally, two days before he died, I went into the hospital and he just burst into tears. I think he'd finally... He'd finally accepted it. Begged to come home. So I did bring him home on the Friday. But even the sister said, do you have any idea what you're doing? And I said, no, of course not. I've never been in this situation. And he died two days later. Why do you think... Uh, why do you think he didn't want to talk to you? I think he was... I mean, some of my friends have kindly said, oh, perhaps he was trying to protect you. I think he was really angry. He was a very proud person. He wasn't that old. He was only 55. Mm. I think what it was, I think he was so absolutely furious. And sometimes when somebody's really angry, they tend to take it out on the person closest. They take it out on the one they love. Of course, we all do that, which is the odd thing. I think it was sort of... I don't know whether he resented the fact that it wasn't me. I don't I hope not, because I was in love with him for 23 years. But I think anger is a lot of it when you're told you're mm. dying. Do you know what? And in a bizarre way, and I've got to end it in a second, Link, so we need to go travel. In a bizarre yeah. way, he, he may have been trying to protect you as well. That's what my friends have said. They yeah. said perhaps he was trying to just... He knew how hard it would be for me, and I think he was trying to protect mm. me. But, of course, it doesn't really, does it? No, of course not. Lynn, I've, I got, think, I've got to move on. I'm really sorry to cut you short, but I really no, appreciate I your think, story I this morning. you've done a very good job and you haven't been in the least bit insensitive. You're very kind. Thank you very much, Lynn. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to cut it short, but I've got to do some business. Business being the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a call in from Julian in Brogba. The A421 is blocked between Bedford and the Kingston roundabout after a lorry tried to do a U-turn and got stuck. It's causing queues on all approaches at the moment. Also in Buckingham, these roadworks on the A421 causing long delays. Uh, Queues in both directions between the A413 and the Gorkut roundabout. The A40 London bound is closed from the Northern Roundabout with severe delays from the Denham Roundabout. And the M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, it's coming up to 8.47. It's Monday, the 10th of March. The 10th of March? It was Christmas a minute ago. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Bushy with motor neurone disease has been told by social services that they can't afford to care for him in his own home. 
Hertfordshire County Council says it is dealing with the problems of pupils from Wheathampstead not getting into their preferred secondary schools. And Britain has won its first ever Winter Paralympic gold medal. Right, it's 8.47, let's get the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. There's some bright and sunny spells around at the moment, but I'm afraid the cloud is moving in from the north as we speak. It should stay dry, though, and it's going to feel a lot colder than it did yesterday. A northeasterly breeze has developed with a cloud as well. The temperature's only going to get up to around 9, maybe 10 Celsius, whereas yesterday um, parts of Bedford got up to 18.4 and also parts of Woburn as well. So uh, it was a warmer day yesterday, but it is feeling colder. Let's not live in the past. Overnight tonight, we're going to hang on to the cloud and also a bit of a breeze as well. The minimum temperature therefore not dropping down as far as it could maybe down to 3 or 4 Celsius. Tomorrow some cloud around first thing but eventually it should start to thin so some brightness then hopefully it should start to break up as well so we should see some sunny spells as we head through tomorrow afternoon. Maximum temperature for Tuesday 12 Celsius that's 54 degrees in Fahrenheit. Every weekday from three. Why would anyone buy a mattress off the back of a van? Roberto Peroni. How do you keep a straight face? That is so funny. A professor from the University of Bedfordshire has followed in the footsteps of Indiana Jones. Weekdays from three. It's the family and lifestyle debate. Got an hour discussing business and finance. It's our politics panel discussing how politics affects us. Later in the show, it's all about the entertainment world. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 is the telephone number. Should you wish to give us a call, let's go to Rosie in Red Bull. Morning, Rosie. Morning, Ian. Rosie, what would you like to say? Um, well, I've got a few points regarding um, care home versus home care. Um, the argument of it being safer to be in a care home, I don't agree with. Tell me why. Uh, because my mum was in a care home and was left was in her room and fell and broke her hip and was oh, down for two hours. Oh, dear, oh, dear. And my dad has had six falls in two years in a care home, and he didn't have any at home <clears throat> um, while he was, he was having care at home, but then he, his um, Alzheimer's got so bad that he had to go into a home. Yeah. Uh, Mum's still at home at the moment, and we're facing the same situation of money dwindling and council refusing to cover... And le- you can have this personal budget. That lady was talking about the personal budget. Mm. I tried to apply for that, and I got a long, long way down the line, did an awful lot of work, and then found that the council just keep, keep giving you more and more hoops to jump through regarding your carers, and you have to provide all sorts of personal information about them, which I couldn't. Um, but my mum doesn't want different carers. Um, also... It's quite true what that lady said. Um, the council will only recommend agency carers, mm. and agency carers cost twice as much at least. But they don't get paid twice as much. They only get paid the same minimum wage, but they don't. But the other half goes to the agency. Um, so that's kind of where where we are at the moment with that. And the other thing was saying that <clears throat> it's not all old people in in care homes. I think... Well, all the ones that I've been in, I've had a grandma, two grandmas, my dad and my mum, all in different care homes, and each one has only really been old people. And the the young people <clears throat> tend to be separated off, and they tend to have mental illness, quite severe mental illness. Uh, someone like Phil, it is Phil, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. He's, he's Glenn, going to Glenn want, Phillips, Glenn, yes. Oh, sorry, no, that's right, no, 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 no. He's going to want 
you know, intelligent conversation and stimulation and sort of... Uh, I can't see where he's going to get that in the... No, I know home. what you mean. It's, it's interesting. It, we, we've had completely different experiences, you and I, Rosie, and I'm sorry to hear about, the, the, you know, the accidents that your parents have endured. Uh, the, the care home that my mum is in and the couple that we looked at, they, they weren't all old people. I, I, I was surprised because that was my main fear. And they weren't all old people at all. There were lots of people uh, in their 40s and their 50s uh, and their 60s. Uh, and um, it, I'm trying to think, it would be pretty impossible for my mum to have a full where she is. That's primarily because she's in a wheelchair a lot of the time, but she used mm. to fall out of her wheelchair. But um, it, you're right. I, I think that the, our different stories show it depends where you go. There are yeah. some good care and homes and there are some shocking ones as well. And if you're depending on the council to pay for it, you're not very likely to get one of the best, <laughs> let's face no, it. No, So what's the situation now then? Where, where, where have you got to with, with Mum? Well, I'm starting all over again because I spoke to a lawyer that I know and she said that they shouldn't have ever, they didn't have the right to ask me those questions oh. um, and that I should have stuck with it so I've started all over again now trying to get the personal budget well good luck with it they, they do make you fill in a lot of forms I, I, part of the reason I think they give you so many forms to fill in is they hope that people give up yeah. I really believe that they want people to give up um, and go, oh, it's not really worth it. And, and it, it, mm. it gets the council out of pain. But I, I, I suggest you crack on with it and whatever they send you, you fill it in with a smile and send it straight back. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. Rosie, thanks for your time. Best luck to your mum. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. It's interesting, isn't it? There are so many different care homes, and it is a little bit of potluck as to where you go. You're kind. The care home we got mum into, we saw a few, and this care home that she's in now was brilliant. And we wanted it, and we said, yes. Put her on the list. When can we move in? Well, you've got to wait for someone to move out. Now, people don't very often move out of care homes. What that means is you are waiting for someone to die. Yeah, I know. Jolly, isn't it? I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Mick's in Watford. Morning, Mick. Morning. Mick, what you got for me? Well, there's a couple of th- <coughs> sorry, couple of things. I agree with that, Rose. My mother went into a, a home because my brothers overruled me. I didn't want her to go, but they did. Because uh, they were frightened, she she had a couple of falls at home, but yep. didn't didn't die from it. She went into a home. Within eight months, she's fell down in the home, broke her hip, and dead. That so could have that's the experience I've had of home. That could have happened in her house, though, Mick. Why were you it so done, why, were been, you, why were you so reluctant for her to move into a care home? Because she was happy at home. She didn't want to go in the home. Yeah. She wanted to die in the, in her surroundings. Yeah. Um, the other thing was. That lady with the motor neuron disease uh, who runs it, she kept saying that they'd, she'd arrange and there was the f- people in place to look after him and it would cost the council less than what they were willing to pay out. Yep. So why don't they leave him where he is? I don't know. I, I, would Im- I know that the council go for certain agencies um, and whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But I would assume that the, the, the agency staff have been through are approved by the council. They meet certain requirements. Saying that, again, to go back to my mum, yeah. to, to the carers she had from an agency, nicked all her jewellery and £3,000 out of I, her bank account. I was so, going to say, agencies, agencies aren't the best places to go because they don't always do the checks and all they're interested in is making money. It's a tough one, isn't it, for, the, well, for Mr horrendous. Phillips? And it's, it's a horrible situation for anyone to be in. Yeah, it's terrible. Mick, I appreciate your call. Thank all you, right, mate. Thank you. Cheers, there we go. Leslie Motford says, my uncle was given two years following his diagnosis of motor neurone. He lived four years. That's a lot of money in carer time. Got an email here. 
George says, there is a human cost to providing care. Where will you find four or five people prepared to work eight-hour shifts on their own, caring for an ill man? Well, they're carers. There are carers. Would you feel safe helping an ill man get up, get dressed and fed, knowing you were on your own and there was no help immediately available? If he fell, you'd need to phone for an ambulance and wait 15 minutes. And if the fall injured your patient, you'll be cross-examined and possibly disciplined for not providing adequate care. I would farther, far rather work in a care home where I knew help was available. I could take meal and tea breaks knowing there were others keeping an eye on my patient. Well, the, yeah. I guess if you're caring for someone at home, it's not an eight-hour constant care. There would be moments when you are sat eating. There would be moments when you're watching the telly. You know, there, it, it, it's not generally, apart from some very extreme examples, it's not generally a, an eight-hours full-on you know, you, you would be able to sit down and watch the telly. There would be bits when your client would be asleep and you could have a rest or you could do some... Cl- or whatever. Uh, but also, I'd imagine... I would imagine... I don't know. I would imagine that Glenn is using a hoist to get in and out of bed and that would probably take two carers. I think it's a minimum of two carers for one of those bad boys. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What, what, what do you want to moan about today, boss? Um, about what you've you been saying on air, really, because the oh. criteria for people who are real... Yes is that National Health Service provides nursing care. Not if or but. Any of these paper pushers have changed the rules. That's not down to the person. You're entitled to care if you're ill. Peter, there are two different types of care. There is medical care and there is uh, social care. And I'm afraid that Mr Phillips comes under social care. And I know it's he's well, got if he's, he's got an illness he shouldn't. Well, that, that may be the case, but he is he is classed as social care because he doesn't require injections, <coughs> because he doesn't require uh, because he doesn't require a kind of medical treatment for his condition. Or, you're right, you're in a wind tunnel. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm okay. He's breathing very heavily today. Uh, his care will be classed as social care. I don't quite understand the definition. I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's that's um, what a lot of people are, are facing. Well, if they've got an illness, it was always the case. Now, if some paper pushers changed that without telling anybody, that's wrong. Because it was always the case that if people had an illness, they were entitled to care under the National Health Service. Can I ask you a question, Peter, going off on a complete tangent? Yeah. I'll ask it and you can tell me if you want to respond to it or not. Yeah. Do you love bums? Oh dear, oh dear, you're not talking about that footballer again, are you? <laughs> no, what footballer? No, I'm talking Desmond Morris, the man who wrote The Naked Ape, has written a, a really interesting article in The Sun about why we love bums. He says it's raining butts. Listen, you know and I know that when girls walk by, we waste about 18 months of our life watching them as they walk by. So, men. <laughs> so you do like bums? We're, men have always turned around and watched a shapely girl go by, haven't they? Peter, we, that's 18 months of our life gone, you know, doing that. 18 months a week, yes, Peter, thank you very much indeed. What footballer is he talking I've got no idea what footballer he's talking about. Probably best not to dwell, just in case it's a court case or something. Right, that's it, that's your lot. Thank you very much to Peter for being a good sport. Thank you to everyone for your phone calls. Let's get the travel news now, shall we, with Alice Glossop. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A40 London bound is closed from the northern roundabout with severe delays from the Denham roundabout. In Olney, we've got reports the A509 is partially blocked after an accident near to Yardley Road. 
And also in Brogba, the A421 is blocked between Bedford and the Kingston roundabout after a lorry tried to do a U-turn and got stuck. Queues on both approaches there, and thanks to Julian for calling in. On the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound very slow between Turnfold and Waltham Green. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Excellent stuff as always. Ah. Feel drained after that show. A lot of emotion and a lot of nonsense. Thank you, everyone who took part. Uh, don't forget, there's a new podcast up. If you go to um, iTunes and type in Ian Lee, it pops up. JVS is up next until six tomorrow from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Start of a new week. It's nine o'clock and on the big phone in. Are parents always to blame if a child truants from school? Parents whose children play truant from school could have their child benefit cut, according to a plan 